Put on your mental track shoes and run with me. This is the Pow Wow with Myra. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have Jonathan from Descent Athletics. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you all for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm excited uh, to get all your fitness tips today. Sure, sure. So tell us, uh, speaking of fitness, tell us what you do uh, currently. Yep. So my wife and I own Descent Athletics. It's a functional fitness gym in the DFW area. So I say DFWs, we're kind of in between Fort Worth and Arlington and a bunch of different locations there. Uh, But so kind of centralized. If you travel on 20, you can come see us. We focus on real world type fitness um not necessarily doing like a bunch of bicep curls and forward raises and stuff like that but pull-ups and squats and running and rowing and different items like that Um, personal training is a big part of what we do we have group classes offer nutrition coaching uh your husband logan is a is a client of ours and has did uh some nutrition coaching with me for a while so i don't want to i don't want to take all the credit for it but you know it looks pretty good you know so i think i think we're doing something right I think you are doing something right because he, I mean, he was already in pretty good shape, but he definitely took it to another level. So, sure. Yes. He also took it to another level, though, when he went to just the 6 a.m. class. And so I can't, I have nothing, nothing to uh, to take credit for on that. I think he <laughs> might just be kind of a competitive guy. Well, uh, it says a lot about just like the community that sure. you're building, you know, in, in, in your gym. Yep. Um, and so, uh, Okay, let's how how did you get into fitness? Okay. Uh basically when I graduated uh high school a few different things happened and like I think I was supposed to go on a certain like direction or course or whatever. Uh so I grew up on a farm and didn't really have a computer or anything until kind of went to college. Like my own first computer was when I went to college. So I went and was going to work at a like an exotic game ranch. If you know what that is, like a hunting ranch, they have a bunch of animals from Africa or New Zealand and stuff like that. And people come in and pay a bunch of money to go like hunt them. So I I was into hunting. I was like, hey, I want to check that out. So I called a place, and they were like, hey, if you want to, like, basically build fence, you can come out here and like work your way up from there. And I was like, this is a, a dream come true. Like nothing ever sounded better. I was dating this girl. And I was telling her brother, who was at the college that we were both going to, about this. And he was like, I'm not going to lie, that sounds terrible. Uh, he's like, I work in, or like, I basically manage a part of the IT department. Why don't you just come work for me? Like, I can just hire you. He's like, you won't have to travel. You'll work on campus. You have an air conditioner. You don't have to build fence. He's like, come try it at least. And so I did that. Uh, and like, that is a whole other story. But he was, he was really cool. Like, he was a friend of mine. And he was super into fitness and working out and stuff. And so when I went to college, that's kind of when I started exercising. Um, I played some sports in high school. I wasn't ever very good at them. Uh, I didn't like to be told what to do. I didn't like to work out or anything like that. So sports, yeah, didn't work out. But once I went to college and it was just him and I, no one telling you what to do. I was like, hey, this is like pretty cool. And then you start looking in the mirror and like you see like changes and it looks different. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a thing. And so we did that for a while. And a couple years after that, he was going to go full on like bodybuilding. Uh, and that was not really my thing. So there's a couple of other guys I was hanging out with. They're like, hey, what about this CrossFit stuff? And so we went and tried that. And it was fun. Like I really enjoyed it. 
and I joked that the first time I ever went in and did it, like I walk into the building and there's a bunch of people doing like crazy shit, like handstand push-ups and ring muscle-ups and all these different things. And you're like, oh, wow, like these are, I've never seen people do this. I've never seen people act this way. Uh, and it was awesome. I was like, man, I'd really love to be involved in this. Like I want to, I want to do this. And I figured everybody kind of had that thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did CrossFit for a long time and talked to people and turns out like most people just want to go exercise or they exercise for their health, but they don't want to, like they didn't want a coach. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like I've held it for a long time. Talked to Kelsey, my wife. We were uh, married or engaged at this point. I'm not even sure. I think we were married. Uh, not, I, don't know, I don't know. Maybe engaged. Uh, but I was like, hey, I want to do this coaching thing. And so go get certified, um, have a job change, end up going to a place called Rocket CrossFit and becoming a coach there. Eight months later, we buy the gym and here we are now. In eight months? It was, Yeah. Uh, maybe a little of, bit longer than that, of, like of that gym, that particular gym. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but I started there in April, and in February we bought it. Wow. So a little more than eight months, ten months, maybe. But. So it really started like when you were in college. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and so I figure we're on a long form podcast. We can talk about it, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I yeah, uh, where how where did you grow up, and and um, can you tell me a little bit about your childhood? Yeah. Take, take it back and see see how everything just kind of just transcribed to where sure. you are today so kind of what you know what what built you uh, along the way so how did how did you grow yeah. up or where did you grow up um so originally i grew up in a place called spring lake uh and it's way up like pretty not quite the panhandle of texas but pretty near uh maybe it's considered i'm not sure there's a population of, I don't know, right now, like 70 people. Like, oh. Not kidding. They had a post office. I don't even think it's open anymore. Like, I don't know if you call it a town. But I, we lived there until I was eight, and then we moved to Seminole. So the reason I even bring up Spring Lake is while we lived there, my dad has always been involved in, like, the cotton gin industry. Um, managing, doing different things with them. Until I would go with him when I was, like, four or five I'm going out and I'm playing around and do you know anything about like cotton gins and stuff like that? Like, does that mean anything Not to you? Not really. Okay. So what, yeah. So there's like a cotton plant and it okay. grows like, have you ever like a cotton ball? You know what that? Like, yes. Like the, like the cotton farms where yep. it's yep, just yep, yep, like yep. all white basically. So you take that and there's like a thread, but then there's also seeds inside of it. Mm. And so the part of the cotton gin is to separate the threads from the seed and the thread goes on to make clothes and then the seed goes on to like make more cotton. Uh, and... And if you want to just kind of pull this oh, over, sorry. like, closer yeah. to, yeah, there you go. And so, uh, sorry. No, it's good. They would have huge piles of this cotton seed, and it's, like, big sand piles, basically. And you go out there and play in them. Well, I go do that, and I come back in, and my dad's, like, starting to panic. It's like, my eyes are all red. I can't breathe. Well, I'm having an asthma attack. And so we didn't know at this point, but I had, like, super bad allergies and asthma. Mm. And so from the point I was four until I'm, like, seven or eight i get hospitalized five or six times with uh, asthma related conditions and so that was kind of just like something always had or knew like i think a big part of the reason i maybe didn't like sports or didn't play as many sports is because like i just had that it was always that thing of that voice of like hey like you have asthma and like Mm -hmm. it did affect my breathing and different stuff like that um i couldn't 
roll around in the grass or do different things like that. If you've ever taken one of those allergy tests, uh, like where they like put stuff or prick your back with different things, I was allergic to everything, like everything that they tested on me. Um, and so for most of my life, like I was taking all these medications for asthma and allergies. But the big part of, uh, it's like high school and all this different stuff, not really eventful, uh, kind of a, uh, troublemaking kid that didn't get caught a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Like grew up in a small town. There's not a lot to do. We went hunting a lot, like shotguns a lot. It was a weird upbringing in today's day. like day. Yes. Mm. Like, uh, I was 10 years old and would jump on a four wheeler with a like gun and be gone for 10 hours. And like, that was just super cool with my parents. Like that didn't care. Like it was part of life. Uh, so it's, it's part weird. of your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and nowadays, like, I would never let my kid do that. Like, that <laughs> seems nuts. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when she gets to that point, it'll be, it'll be a different story. Yes. Okay. So, okay. So, so you really just go and just kind of be, be with your dad? You're not really kind of helping? Or, or no, were you not actually at that helping? Point. No, no, not no, at no, that no. point. No, Okay. No, just, but that's uh, when you discovered you had... Uh, that that gave you yeah. oh okay. yeah asthma and all this different stuff yes uh, and so multiple medications like the breathing machines from time to time uh why I bring that up is like when I did in 2013 was the first time I ever did like a CrossFit class and I did that for a little while started doing the paleo diet which is kind of like the way that they talked about eating basically just eating whole foods uh, within six weeks of doing this. I was able to stop taking medication. And so like I haven't taken asthma medication in now 10 years because of like figuring out like, oh, it's actually like maybe I am allergic to a bunch of things, but it's actually for the most part always been what I was putting into my body. And if I stop eating certain things, certain like breads and different items, then I don't have asthma and like I don't have allergies anymore. What? And it's like a because this is 13 or like, you know, however, 21 was when I started like dieting this way. And so for 21 years, like, I take medication and I, like, have to live a certain, like, way just to, like, change a diet and it, do this. And so that was, like, a huge moment for myself. And, like, you hear about people getting all crazy about diets and, like, talking about, like, why everyone should do it or whatever. 100% I was that person. Like, it had just changed, like, my life. And I've gotten better with that. Like, you know, you taper it down a little bit. Um, but it just showed me, and, like, I think it started to show or it shows that, like, it is, you don't have to do a lot. Like, if you'll work out and eat right, that'll solve most of your problems. How did you, how were you introduced to, to the paleo diet, and, and um, like, why did you start doing it? Who, who introduced you, or why did you say, yeah, let me try this? Um, mainly just, I, like, I had a really cool college experience. Like, I was working in the IT department, kind of like I mentioned, when there was a full, a few older fellas, um, like five, eight, ten years older than me, and they were, took me in and like started working out with me and different stuff, and they would help me out with work. And I was like, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to do all these different things, and so as a student worker, they're like, Hey, start doing this at work. Start doing these different things, and then I get to become like I was a team lead, and then I become a full time person. And like so, they they were kind of helping me out in my career, but then they would take me out to work out and do different stuff. They just had way more life experience than I did. And so I was surrounded by folks like that and, mm. you know, I start working out and I'm just like, I won't shut up about it because I'm a kid and it's like awesome and I'm having fun. So I was like, oh, I like all this stuff. 
and so they're like hey well like look into this too like this is another big part of like crossfit or whatever uh is eating this paleo method and then i was like oh, okay cool like i'll i'll check it out i didn't know i didn't know what a carb or a fat or a protein was but like it made sense to eat meat vegetables and fruits and do that and you have like tons of results pretty crazy wow yeah. okay that's that's interesting yeah. that's interesting so then you moved okay so you then you moved when you were 10 8 or 10 yep yeah so around like eight or nine we moved to seminole uh and that is um it's a weird spot like it's a small little town in the middle of nowhere and then we lived 15 miles outside of that uh and so like we i didn't have my now it's a little bit different but my nearest neighbor was like two or three miles away mm. uh and so it was a weird like what i was talking about it was a weird upbringing of jump on a dirt bike jump on a four-wheeler take a gun and you just had like miles and miles like the nearest town was 10 miles away uh and you could just go out and do whatever you wanted and so like it was it was strange it was a weird weird way to grow up uh also think it was like i guess beneficial yeah. anyways uh and so what would you do with uh your guns and these four wheelers and oh we have uh, like you know like gun racks and stuff on them and like we just go around and like if you saw a rabbit or if you saw coyotes and stuff like mm. try to shoot those or we just go out and target practice like it was whatever we wanted to do like you go get completely lost and and like try to make your way back home by night how how did you learn or who taught you how to how to shoot or how to use these firearms uh when we lived in spring lake my both sets of grandparents lived there uh there's two towns that like combined to make a school so it's spring lake and then earth it's like e-a-r-t-h earth texas uh mm. And there's a population of like 1,500 there. But a funny little aside, when I met Kelsey, we were talking about my family. And I was talking about my uncle. And I just was like, yeah, he lives in Earth. And she thought I was being like weird and like saying a weird way of saying like he'd passed away or whatever. Oh. And so she was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, what are you talking Like, what? He's like, he's, he's like, he passed away. And I was like, no, he lives in Earth. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a funny thing. Um, but no, my, my mom's dad super into hunting and so growing up like that's what we would do and way before like i could even carry a gun i was out going with him just like walking with him and doing different stuff as we he would go out and do it and so it was something i was super into uh or at least wanted to be and then when we moved to seminole my dad had quite a few friends that also were a part of the gin they were into hunting and so it kind of made sense that we all started being able to go do that would you go out and like hunting kind of trips and like you know like kind of get all your yep. your yeah, stuff and so we and have go. yeah yep yep uh me Fun. and a bunch of my friends like it was because his friends like uh bunch of them had kids around my age and so we have what's called like a deer lease and so like someone owns land and you pay them to be able to go out there and like access it to hunt on uh and we'd all share one of those and so yeah like every winter and then in the spring for turkey hunting and stuff that's what you did like you and your friends and everybody went out and like you got to camp basically and go deer hunting and stuff it was fun it was cool so at what age did you shoot your first firearm shoot my first firearm right like or I know, uh, four or five first shot my uh i shot my first deer at nine years old uh and so like but around like in Seminole, that's late like the guys that i hung out with they're like what do you like we shot deer at like five or six like they're they're decorated woodsmen by that point wow. uh, and 
but no, it's like it was fun. Like it's it it was just it was a cool thing. Like you learn. It was not ever about like like killing. Like it was the things that like you get to do that, and then, like it, for especially for a kid, like you get, I guess, more uh, adjusted with it. It was like a weird thing when you're a kid. Uh, what did you think at the time? Like, oh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna like. What What was your thoughts? Uh, so at like at nine, it was just like it's what my at nine, yeah, what my friends did, and so like mm. I had to go do this thing. And okay. then, like, you pull the trigger and you get up there, and it was just like, oh, like, like something happened here. Uh, but luckily, like, the there were, like, men there, and they could just, like, hey, like, it's all, like, what you're feeling is, like, natural. Like, you shouldn't feel weird about it. Like, we respect the animal. Like, we'll eat it and all this different stuff. And so, you, like, you get to come full circle around it, and then you get put to work. And so, like, there's a lot of things that have to be done. Like, take the deer, and, like, you have to take the meat and different items off of said deer. Uh and so, like, you, you learn quickly about, like, work and chores and people joke about, like, they don't know where meat comes from, right? Like, it comes from the grocery store and plastic wrapped stuff. Like, from a very young age, I was keenly aware of, like, the work that went into making, like, meat. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, like, I think that that was a cool thing as well. We grew up around cattle, so that helped a little bit in that part. Uh the fun part of Seminole, though, was I, with some of these same people, we got into shooting sports. Uh, and so shotgun shooting, trap, skeet, that was kind of the main ones. We shot some other games. But from the point of 9 until 18 every summer, like, that was that was what I did. I didn't really play sports. Like, I, I would play, like, one sport a year of some kind, not very well. Uh, but shooting was my thing. Like, that was the, that was the fun part. Um. And it was, it's cool. I think that y'all recently went, possibly. Is that true? Uh, hunting? Shooting. Shooting? Like, oh, yeah, we we did. We yeah. did, yes. Are you pretty good? Um, Not so much. Logan's okay. more okay. of a natural because, okay. you know, we, we rarely go. Uh, or we, we do, some, ra rarely, it's more the, the term sometimes. You know, we've been there here and there, but it's not a constant thing. Definitely never been uh, hunting, yeah. you know. Um, But but Logan is more of a natural. He. It's like he picks it up. We rarely go. We go and like boom, he 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 hits his targets, sure. his moving targets. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that's uh, so. It sounds like you're you're kind of like a natural. Um, did I you pick it up pretty pretty quickly? I mean, not the like the shooting part. The first year that I did it, I was bad. Um, like I didn't want to do it. I thought it was like not that much fun. Mm. And get talked into doing it again the second year. Make it through the entire like shooting season and the very last thing that we go to is like state uh it's in san antonio that was our big like family vacation every year we go to san antonio for a while and go to the shoot but when you go do that a box of shells is 25 and so a round is 25 shots and we're doing trap and for the first time ever uh i hit them all and so out of 50 because i was like nine or ten at this point you do 50 rounds and I get 49 out of 50 at state. And, like, I'd never even really come close to doing this before. Like, something just happened that day, and, like, everything went well. I get third or fourth in state uh, that year, and it's like, oh, this is a thing. Like, I really didn't like this. And from that point on, like, addicted. Uh, it's it was, it was a lot of fun. Did you grow up with any siblings? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I do. Um, I have one older sister. She's five years older than me. 
and then a brother that's five years younger and another brother who's like 18 months younger than him. How was, uh, how, how was your relationship growing up with, with your siblings? How, how did you guys do things together or not? Like what, what was that like? Yeah. So like it was, I, I felt like the typical like middle child. Like I know there was four in our family, but like there was my sister who's five years older and like I love her to death. But growing up, like she was literally, I thought she was the meanest thing that like it had ever existed. Uh, and like, so she terrified me. Uh, what did she do to terrify you? She was just mean. Like she oh, just yeah. like yell and like very intimidating. Uh, what's funny is I do remember like, I don't know, like she was 17. That would have put me at like 12 or like, yeah. So like somewhere in that like 12 to 13 range. Uh, she was trying to like be a punk. And like, I think I was just maybe having like a bad enough day to stand up to her. And she went to swing a pillow at me. And I just remember going to block it. And I just like easily took it from her. And like in that moment, we both realized that like the power dynamic, had just like mm. shifted. And like things from that point on with my sister, very different. Uh, <laughs> uh, once I got to like junior high, uh, and like even some in high school and stuff. So this must have been like her senior year when that happened. But she would take me out on the town with her and stuff. And like from that point on, we were real cool. Uh, but w as long as she could like exert power over me, she was a little punk. Uh, <laughs> and then my two little brothers, they were very close in age. And so like mm -hmm. they were always doing stuff together. Uh, but like, you know, I mean, they were, we were all like close. Uh, Did they all go in these hunting trips? Were they into like? Not my as well? sister as much. Um, she's more now, like her husband and like their kids and stuff are into it. Uh, my middle brother, not, not as much. He didn't really dig it, which is funny because like he then went on to, he's the only one of us that like he went to the Marines and like did all this other stuff. But like, going and getting dirty at the like deer camp, we used to call it. It was not his thing. So me and my youngest brother were the probably like the most into it. Mm -hmm. Um. And then even out of like all of them, I think that it was like, it hit me the most. Like, and I think, I don't know, I may have just had more exposure to it. I'm not sure. Um, but it was like, I, I really enjoyed it. It was like, that was my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So in, uh, in high school, what were you, what was, what was your life like? What were you, what was your focus? Um, girls and partying. Like it was, I didn't have to like. For whatever reason, I didn't really have to try in school. Like, I didn't study for anything. I ended with, like, a 3.9 GPA. It was in the top 10%. Uh, and that set me up for, like, not failure. I made it through, but didn't help my college career because, like, I didn't really learn how to study. Mm. I didn't learn how to apply myself. Like, high school was just a breeze. Uh, I cheated a bunch. And apparently, it was just, like, a not a thing that got picked up on. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. Made it through college or high school very easy, but it was fun. Like I, I really did enjoy it. I don't know if those are the best four years of your life, like people claim, but it was a good time. <laughs> uh, shooting, like that was my even then, like shooting was my thing. Mm. Uh, as we were going from junior high into high school, me and four other guys, like in my grade, won a national championship shooting. Uh, so like, that was a big deal. And we didn't even know this, but like when we came back to school the next year, like it's just a new school year where they have a banner of us like hanging in the like foyer. And like the whole school was like, hey, like look at these people and like what they did. It was like, oh, cool. Like, wait, I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, and so like that was that was always my thing. Like I, I played football one year. I played basketball one year. 
wasn't good at them, like didn't really apply myself or try very hard. But I would shoot probably a thousand rounds a week in shotgun shooting. Like mm. that was my thing. That was what I, I wanted to go do. Who inspired you at the time? I, I think it was just like the, I think was one of the first things that I was good at. Mm. Um, Cause I could, I, I couldn't really even flag football or different things that you play when you're a kid. Like, I don't know if it's because I was told I'd ask. Like, I don't know. I I wasn't ever the best at them. It wasn't ever, like, the most fun thing. Once tackle football became a thing, like, I was a little kid, and so tackle football wasn't really my jam. Uh, but shooting, like, it it was – that was what I could do. Um, now, looking back, I think a lot of it is a um, – I like the focus part of it. Because mm-hmm. um, most of the things that you shoot, like, you pull the trigger, and then you wait – 30 seconds to a minute before you pull this trigger again. And so I was very good at like go up there, like turn everything on, focus as much as I can, like hit the targets and then turn everything off and like just go silent in my brain. And like, don't, I want to hear anything. I don't want to think any thoughts. Uh, And then be able to like a minute later, boom, turn everything back on and not realizing it then, but nowadays, like it was a very powerful tool that like I developed, like, Hey, you can, if you need to just like shut everything out and then like only focus on this one thing. And then I've just applied that to different aspects of my life. Would you say that kind of taught you something about like discipline too? For because sure. there's, there's so much that goes, you mentioned like even, uh, when you went hunting, you have, there's certain things you have to do after, you know, shooting your target. Right. So there's, and you guys were involved in, in all of that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so like I really did learn a valuable lesson about discipline as, uh, my senior year, like I've graduated. No, I haven't graduated. I'm going into my senior year of high school. Uh, I have a, and this happened a few different times throughout my shooting career, but I have not this, like to this degree, but I have a girlfriend my during the summer and like shooting isn't really my priority at this point. Like I want to go hang out with her and do all this stuff. And so I'll go out and like shoot a little bit because my parents are like making me, um, but then I'm like getting out of there so I can go hang out with her. We go to a couple shoots and like I don't do that good, and my dad was never good at like, like having a conversation. Like it would just come out bad. He's like, uh, "You're like you suck." It's like, "Well, what are we talking about?" Uh, and so it was never really him as much as my mom would just be like, "Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but like the reason you're not shooting good is because you're spending so much time with a girl." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I'm not saying that that's bad, but like you need to decide like what is it do you want to like." hang out with the girl or do you want to shoot good like you can do both but you like right now you're putting like way more attention to the girl and like if that's what you want to go do then just like don't shoot uh and so that was like a wake-up call i start putting i was like okay like i'll put in more practice and then yeah like you start winning stuff again Mm. and i was like ah okay like it it really is how much do i want to like apply and like put towards this uh yeah. How was your, your relate? I mean, how was your relationship with your parents? Uh, it was good. Yeah. Like, uh, they, I don't like it. We joke about it now. Uh, like I wasn't a great kid, but I didn't get caught. Like I was very good at like not getting caught, whatever, whatever it is that I was doing. And like, it is just, it's kind of a joke now. Uh, so I would like, I, I was sneaking out. I was doing a bunch of different stuff and they, my mom was just constantly telling me, like, I was just an angel. And she's like, I just can't believe, like, how great of a child this person is. 
as I'm going out and like drinking and stuff. Uh, but it was like, other than that, like, yeah, we, it was always fine. Like, I don't, I say this honestly, like I've never back talked either of my parents. Like mm. they, for the most part, if I wanted to do something, they allowed me to do it. Um, and so anytime that there was something was a no, it was like, okay, like there's something to this. Mm. And let me ask them why and like try to get like more elaboration, but I never, like I've never raised my voice to them. And I've never done any of that stuff, mainly because my sister was a freaking crazy person. And I watched her get like spankings and stuff. I was like, no, like that, all you have to do is not act that way and you don't get in trouble. Like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. I, that, that makes sense. It's like, okay, she, she's getting this kind of treatment. Let me avoid that. Yeah. And, but like she asked for it, like she would go out of her way to be a punk. And so, yeah, like I don't, I don't blame them at all. Uh, <laughs> so it, it sounds like you, you had like your parents somehow in, instilled like res respect there was respect or yeah. in the household like was it just a thing or was would, did they cert, uh, expect certain things did they have certain expectations no uh, I, I actually remember one time asking them like hey will y'all require us to call y'all ma'am and sir like because i'd seen some of my friends parents do that and i thought that was like such a cool like respect thing and they're like no that's weird uh and at the point i was like I was like, I don't think so. And then now it's like, yeah, I don't want to like make my kids do that. Like, no, no offense to anyone who does. Uh, if you want to do that thing, that's all up to you. But yeah, like trying to not looking. Like, I think they didn't force anything. They didn't have to. Like, mm. there are certain things that are like non-negotiables. You have to make your kids do. But I think trying to be flexible on the rest of it, like at least for me, it goes a long way. Mm. Um, from the, I guess the day I was born, like any authority. Like, I have a problem with. Uh, and I'm just, like, I have to, now that I'm, like, I am older, I at least can have the ability to, like, I know that about myself. And so, like, it's still the natural thing. As soon as something happens, I, like, I'm, like, no. Like, if something, if someone or something has, like, more power, it's, like, no, that thing's bad. Like, I don't like it. Here's all my excuses or whatever reasons against it. Um, luckily, like, wise enough now, I guess I can, like, hey, we can talk ourselves down from that. But I think that that was their thing. Like, they didn't do any of that. My grandpa, though, on my mom's side, he was a big, like, inspiration. Like, he was he was probably, like, he was the biggest influence in my entire life mm -hmm. uh, over, <clears throat> over them. Before we moved to Seminole, he lived, like, two doors down. And so we spent a ton of time with them. And, like, that was, that was, I think, where I learned, like, most of my stuff. What what did you see in your what did you see in your in your <clears throat> grandfather that so he was like six three a big guy uh had like big deep voice uh but was like super kind and gentle mm -hmm. uh and so it was I got to watch just the way he carried himself uh and the way he was respected in uh in like his community and different things. It, he was, I don't know, he was larger than life in, like, every aspect. Uh, he had a, he had multiple heart attacks as he got older. Uh, but after, like, that laugh, because, like, after the first or second one, um, you ever seen those big wheels that they put, like, telephone wire on? Um, it's like a big spool of wire. Yes. Okay. So, for whatever reason, he has one of those in his backyard. Um, like, he's out of the hospital from, I think it was his second heart attack out of the hospital so has the bandages like all over his chest and is in his backyard doing balancing walks on this thing and like my mom and grandma 
are about to have a heart attack themselves. Like they're losing it because they can't believe like, like, what are you going to, like, what are you doing? Like, if you fall, you're going to like have to go back to the hospital. And he's just laughing. And he's just like, oh, like, I'm, I don't know. Like, it was like, I'm not dead yet. And like, so I'm going to keep doing stuff. Mm. Uh, and it was cool. Like, he, mm-hmm. he was, uh, he was, he was a cool guy. What, what did he, did he teach you any, any lessons you particular particularly learned from him? I don't know about like nothing. N- nothing I can just like speak out. eloquently no. about, uh, but if we just, he, his, like his purpose, his joy, uh, was like to be with his family. Mm. And it was like, that's something that like I'll never, never forget. And like, it's people talk about that kind of stuff, but it was like, that's all you saw. He, he worked, uh, like he worked a job, he would go do it and different stuff like that. But every amount of free time was devoted to like us and to like whoever's around him. And like, that was cool. <clears throat> On the weekends he would take like me and my sister, like we're four or five years old, like driving around and like, he would take us out and like first like sit in his lap and like steering uh but then yeah by the time we're like seven years old like we're driving cars by ourselves like he'd be in there with us or whatever uh like whatever he just like he just went and showed us everything and like Mm. it was it was cool yeah he was involved yeah he was involved okay wow okay so then you're you're in high school what sports did you play and so i just i played football my freshman year uh and then my sophomore year i played golf Going into my junior year, the freaking basketball coach uh, was like, hey, like, I'm doing, like, the end of the year stats for some reason. Like, I think of this weird thing. Like, they took, like, our height and weight and all this stuff at the end of the year. Like, so, like, like making sure that we're growing. I don't know. Weird thing. But he's like, dang, Jonathan, like, you're growing. Like, you're getting tall. Um, he's like, why don't you practice during the summer? He's like, come out and play basketball next year and like we'll like we'll have a spot for you on varsity like i hadn't i hadn't played basketball in a long time and but he was like oh it's like he sees something in me that i don't even see mm-hmm. and so i do that and i go and not only do i not make varsity i'm a bench warmer on jv and so like I, at the semester end i was like no i was like this is not not necessarily what like you told me and like i was like i understand like i'm not good enough to play i was like that's fine i was like but i don't want to be here then uh, mm-hmm. so then my senior year I played golf again mm. golf was fun golf was just whatever we would take hot beer like we would put it in our golf bag and we'd have to walk the course and like every day you'd go play and we would just stuff like four or five beers in our bag and you're drinking 80 degree keystone lights out there it's not even enjoyable but you're just a high school kid being a punk like it was fun yeah yeah I, I can see that <laughs> Okay, so then you go to college after high school. Yep. And what graduating high school? What was what was your what were your goals? What did you what did you want to do or think you wanted to do at the time? Because you still weren't in fitness yet, no, right? No, I was not. Okay. And like, and that was not even a a thing. Not a thing. Uh, and so were you in shape. No, I was skinny. Like, okay. Uh, but no, I wouldn't. Like, I didn't. I didn't exercise. I didn't work out. I didn't apply myself in like any way that direction uh and so what were your goals so you decide you you're graduating high school and what is what are your goals at the time uh, 
whatever the girl that I was dating was going to do. Uh, mm. Like it, I applied for one school and it was the school that she was going to. Like I, if I hadn't got accepted there, I don't know what I was going to do. Uh, but like I didn't, I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't know that much. Like it, this is a hard thing for people to like, I think imagine, but we didn't have internet at my house. And so like when it comes to like looking at colleges and doing all this different stuff, I don't know. I, I didn't know when to do that. Like, I didn't have access to anything. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have stuff like that. Like, uh, and so I didn't, this is like, I could have asked someone, I'm sure. But like, I, I this girl was pretty cool. So I was going to keep doing that thing. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, even you, you mentioned like, you know, back then you, you didn't really have internet at your home and you didn't really know what to do. But even today, I feel like people have the internet in their hands and, I, I still find a lot of people still don't know sure. what they want to do, sure. right? So, uh, what would you what what would you what do you think you you would have done? You know, so you this know may I mean? be like, yeah, this may be a whole other like a tangent here, but like I'm very very much anti like college uh, for the majority of things, and. Like, I have a business management or business administration. I don't even know what to Like, I've never taken my degree out of the package they sent me to me in. It's in an envelope somewhere in, like, our house. Don't know. Don't care. Like, never used it. Uh, I don't I don't think it's worth going and getting, like, a throwaway degree. And, like, that's basically what I did. Like, um, there's no business thing that I learned that was – it's, like – the things that I've learned from seeking out books and talking to people and like doing different things on my own, it, it not even re- like not closely related to the stuff that like they taught me in school. Like they, it, I don't know. Um, I didn't have, I had a great time in college, but the education part like really bothered me. Um, it bothered me that they took attendance. Uh, like I'm no, no, no. Like I pay for a thing and like mm. all I want you to do is test me. Uh, and so that when the attendant, attendance got involved, and when like I asked him about it, because if you're gonna give me a role, I need to understand where like and why this is. And they tell you it's like, oh, it's for parents. Like parents pay a lot of money for students to come, and they want to make sure you're going to class. Like, well, my parents aren't paying for this. Like, mm-hmm. let's make a deal. Like, what are you talking about? Why do I have to come? Uh, so that uh, it's punk behavior, but like, there should be reasons for most things. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm not into college. If you're gonna go, like I think that it needs to be one of the big like colleges that mean something uh and get a real degree like go do something so but you graduated you I did made graduate it, you I made, made it, it through took five years but i got her done <laughs> <laughs> no that's that that's actually pretty impressive actually you know because you know even even i it was sounds like it was kind of a blessing at the time you that the girlfriend you oh, for had sure you know, went to, went to college. So it sounds like maybe that was your motivation to go and be around. No, for sure. And like to speak to like not having any motivation, my first semester, my major was physics. Uh, cause, because I went to, I I knew nothing about it, but the, my grandpa had mentioned engineering at one point and I was like, Oh, that's what I'm going to have to do. Uh, that's how, how little I had looked into this college and how apparent that became to my parents pretty quickly. So we went to college day or whatever, and it came time to declare your major. And I'm waiting for them to call out engineering. And it was at that point that I realized that the college that I was going to didn't have an engineering department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, well, I thought you were going for engineering. And I was like, well, I thought they had an engineering department here. That's odd. <laughs> like, that's weird. Uh, and so I ended up going physics with the idea that, like, I would transfer to 
tech and get an engineering degree later on or something. Uh. So you did have some sort of yeah, I guess goal yeah. like, but I didn't even know what it meant. Yeah. Uh. And so, yeah, I do a semester of physics. It's the worst thing that, like, I've ever experienced. Uh, How so? It just sucked. Like, I had to do tons of homework. I had to really <laughs> apply myself and, like, try. And, like, it was making me miserable. And uh, if, at that age, I was good enough to be, like, if if this sucks this much, like, is this what you want to do? Because it was not, like, I can work hard. Like, that's fine. But it was the work itself. And I was, like, do you want to struggle over equations and, like, do this kind of stuff? And I was, like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, it just didn't spoke to you. Yeah, and I failed calculus twice, and the calculus is like an important part of getting through that mm-hmm. part. And so that was also a very big part of me deciding on another major. Uh, and was like, hey, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I think there's like a more general one, or maybe they ask you or whatever. Uh, but again, like this is why the, there's two main reasons it took me five years. Like the only thing I ever failed was calculus. Like. Uh, one, I would only work like six hours and I would go work. I was working like 40 to 50 hours a week in college. Like I was making money. Uh, so mm. I loved it. Uh, but then. Um, what was your first job? Uh, at that at IT department. Yep. Oh, that, uh, that's right. Yes. And so that's, that's this whole thing we'll walk through. Uh, but I, I took another. They had just brought on a border security degree. And I was like, huh, well, being a Border Patrol agent sounds like a cool thing. Never thought about that in my entire life. Uh, and so I do a semester of that. And so there's like 12 hours that are completely worthless. So that's the second reason it took me so long. I have so many worthless hours like that don't matter for like school. But it was still the m- most fun semester that I ever took. Uh, why, why do you say worthless? Because uh, they didn't apply to like the actual degree that I got. Like these, like I got 12 hours over here in this thing that don't count for anything. Like, so if you had to graduate with 120 hours, well, I got 132 because these 12 just like didn't count. Oh, okay. They don't, the business does not care that I have cultural awareness. Uh, oh, and, okay. Worthless in the sense of the direction you ended up yes, going. that I ended up going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As far as life, they were really cool. Like I learned a ton of okay. stuff. What, what deterred you from it? I think just because, like, I I didn't really know what I was getting. I think, like, and then my dad asked me, he's like, do you want to live in South Texas? Mm. And I was like, not really. And he's like, I mean, there's, like, a pretty particular spot that, like, people live to do this job. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. I think that was a big. That makes like, sense. And I would have eventually gotten there to just, like, hey, I don't think this is a career path that I want to go down. Uh, but luckily, that opened my eyes, like, early yeah. enough. I think after that, I went into business and went ahead and, like, graduated out so with going into business what was what was your thought of uh i just figured like i always knew that like in some point like i would own something like i would own my own thing like there Mm -hmm. was there was no way in my head that i could survive the rest of my life like working for a person Mm -hmm. um so it was like all right like i don't know what um but i know like at some point i'll do i will do my own thing and so having so a business you, degree made sense. You were hungry. You just didn't know what it was, what, what yeah. it was going to be yet. Yeah. You yeah. were just I don't hungry. even know if I cared. Like, I just wanted to go, like, I wanted to do it. Like, I wanted to go do something. Mm. And it, did you plan on, like, did you think, oh, I'm going to stay in this town or, you know, um, so I'm going to do something in this town? Or did you aspire, like, hey, yeah, maybe at some point I'm going to move somewhere else? No, I would, like, and so I was in San Angelo. That's where I, like, went to school and was working after graduating college and everything. Um, I love San Angelo. Like, it's a freaking awesome place. And, yeah, I don't. 
and I think in my head I was staying there, mm. like I was going to be in that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where you're 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 working at in IT. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so yeah, throughout most of my like college, what I got out of college, and while like the degree doesn't really matter to me, the main things that I learned was from my job. Mm. Uh, and so I started out as a field technician, and was pretty good at it and got to like there's that's where most like if you're a student and you're coming in that's where like most of them go work and then there's these different subsects that like two or three students will get to go work out because they're like they're more advanced jobs and i'm just like that's i'm the person when you put me in a place it's like that's okay like only a select few get to go over there like that's what i want to do and like from that point like what's the next step and mm. so like quickly there was an opening in one of the like the networking department couldn't even tell you what networking was i was like yep i'm gonna go do that and got the job i do that for a few years um and i do like very good at it like i would i would i'm the guy that's like they allowed you to work 39 hours a week you couldn't work 40 because that would make you a full-time employee you could work 39 and so I'm coming up after work and clocking in. I'm coming up on Saturdays or after school. I mean, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be the best and like I wanted to be recognized for it. So when you started working there as a field technician, what what, what were your job duties? Uh, so basically you, you go fix computers, printers, items like that for the campus. Uh, and I don't know, 20,000, 30,000, I don't know how many, tons of computers and stuff. And like, yeah, that was our job was to go out and fix them. And as the first kind of forward-facing service job that I ever had and it blew my mind even then that like you're an 18 or 19 year old kid paying to go to the university and then that's like in turn paying for everyone that you run into that works there like that's how they get paid as well and these people would have like their printer having an issue or their computer having an issue and like call and like scream at a kid uh this is so mind-blowing uh and like how did you take it? How did you deal with it? I didn't well. Um, but I've always been like, instead of yelling at the person, like, I'm going to take it so far in like the kindness direction while like, I'll give you like a bad look and like be very, very nice and smiling to you just to like way over the top to make it super uncomfortable. Uh, and yeah, like, or I'll go above and beyond. Like, I'm going to kill you with kindness. I'm going to fix it so fast, mm. whatever well, like, I'll just give you a new computer. Like, let's just fix this entire thing. And then, like, hopefully at the end, make you feel bad about it. Uh. That's that's a very interesting mindset. In advanced, I would say, uh, how, how how did that, how was that born, do you think, that kindness? Because, I mean, you're still young. It's not, you know, the easy thing for most young people <laughs> that age, I would say, would be like, oh, screw you. Mm. You know, like, oh, you're, 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 you know, behaving, you're making me feel or trying to belittle me, um, like, screw you, right? I'm... But you get in trouble for that. Oh. Like, I think, I really think a lot of it goes back to, like, watching, like, watching my sister get in trouble for oh. stuff and being like, okay, like, that behavior gets you in trouble. Mm. And so if you freak out and, like, if you explode on someone, like, you've evened it out now. Uh, mm. Where if you explode up and, like, I don't meet you, and I'm just like, okay, like, that's impressive. If you're a human, like at some point, that's going to make you feel real bad that you did that. Like, you want me to meet you because then, like, we're cool. Uh, and I think, like, I don't, I don't know, if, I don't even know if I knew it then. But yeah, that was, that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah, that's, that's very impressive. Uh, like I said, because it's, it's not the, 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 
that regular, you know, <clears throat> attitude or, 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 you know, what, yeah. what any person would do. I don't think it's kindness though. Like, I think it was a, like, it was a manipulative, like I wanted mm. to win still. And I knew that this was how, Ooh. like, uh, that, so, yeah, comp- that, that, that was competitive a big mindset. Yeah. But no, yeah. And I would like, I just wanted to, I've, I don't know how much it comes across now. I guess we'll find out when I, we watch this podcast, <clears throat> but I have like a pretty, uh, a thicker like southern accent and depending upon who um, i was like talking to at that point i could turn it on more or less if i needed to and so if you're like an older woman that needed something in the it department well maybe it gets like a little sweeter and like a little slower as i talk to you and all this and like they just eat it up uh like i realized i like learned those things and i just picked it up on it pretty quick you understand people it sounds like <clears throat> yeah and i don't know as much now uh it's a funny thing, but at that point, for sure, especially in those dynamics, like I think there's a, I think there's something to like the sinister part of humans when like we're not nice to customer service people. Uh, like it's a, I need a thing and you need to do it. Uh, and I think some people realize that and like they work to fight against it. And I think that some people, like, maybe they just don't realize it until, like, it comes out, like, in a more negative fashion. And uh, it was a big part of my life to, like, try to get those people. Uh, Did you have any experience <clears throat> prior to that that made maybe made you understand that? Maybe maybe at some point you did something that you felt uh, maybe upset about? Or was it just something you were picking up? Was there something, like, because that's, that's a pretty advanced... No, like, I mean, my... Uh, like my dad and sister were both like always very quick to like temper or rage. Uh, and I like, that's, I think that's it. Cause I do mm. realize once you get there, like you lose, like mm. that's it. Um, you can't think you're like, it's just, it's all over. Uh, and so it is like, stay out of that. Uh, which like, I think it's supposed to be the opposite, but I was way better at it at 21 than I am at 31. Like at 31, I like I can get to that like place and it's like gosh dang it like now I have to freaking like get it back out of this place mm. uh, and so but anyway um working there get to the networking job they actually make a new job like a, a promotion for me there so I do that I do that until In the field or the networking the networking the networking yep uh <clears throat> and so they stay there until I graduate college and have the opportunity to like basically keep the exact same role, but become full time. And so on mm-hmm. a Friday I left work and on a Monday I came in, I did the same thing. I made three times as much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when like the real party started. Uh, mm-hmm. Like people, I party throughout college, but now like, I'm still, I'm in this, nothing changed. I'm in the same spot. I got the same friends. I got the same job. Three times as much money. Uh, and so we had good times. Like it was fun. Uh, mm. In this networking job, what were your job duties? So if like we look around here, like all the, look at all the, all the wires connected, like that is basically networking. Like, so most of this stuff would have fallen under like the field services, connecting monitors, stuff like that. But when you're getting, internet connection from one device to another like that was networking and then going up from there 
I don't even know most of this stuff anymore. But like there's routers. And so we would go in and you configure, <clears throat> basically put code on it to tell it what to give internet to and what to allow that internet access to and different stuff like that. Uh, it was a fun job. Like I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I had access to like so many awesome people. Um, I took the, the CTO, he was a chief technology officer. I took him to lunch for a, like a project in school we were doing. And I was asking him about the IT department. And like all I knew was my little like direct like to consumer job where he's six layers of management above me. And he spends the whole hour talking about systems and processes, systems and processes. And I'm like, I don't know what any, I don't know what that means. Like, like, dude, I don't think that in my, my head, I'm like, wow, I was, I was like, wow, this guy is so far removed from what the IT department actually does. Like he has no idea like what, you know, what we're doing, not even realizing that, like I was the one that didn't understand like what was going on. Like, I'm at the lowest level. It's like I was the guy that went and fixed the stuff, not like planning on how to not have a break again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what What did you think? At the, It sounds like <clears throat> it was kind of like an eye-opening that well, hour. because 10 hours later, or 10 hours, 10 years later when I opened the gym and like we're trying to get things going and like I'm doing everything, like there was an aha moment. And like mm-hmm. I sat down, like I, I wrote him an email and like we, we still like chat a little bit from time to time. But I was like, man, this took me a decade, like, but it, it was, cause I, even when he said it, like, I, there was such a difference between what he was saying and what I thought that I was like, there's something here. Like, I don't know what systems and processes, I don't know what this means, but there's like something here. And so it helped to later on, uh, like, oh, I totally get it. Like, yeah, when your role, like where he is at, that's all it is, is systems and processes and then figuring out how to make them better or not break anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was neat. And like, that was the kind of stuff that you got to learn there. Uh, you know, that, that kind of says a lot to even just the environment you're in, because even sometimes when, when, you know, you hear certain things, they may not register, but certain things kind of stick with you that you don't understand. Um, and so that's why it's very crucial what you tell young kids, because adults, you know, they're obviously at a different level than students, um, even, you know, even college or even high school, right? So whatever you say to them, it really matters because they may not understand yet. They may, but if they don't and it sticks with them, it can definitely help them out in the long run. And I I can totally see that because I can, as you say that, I relate a lot with certain things that I learned in the past that I didn't really understand. And then later I was like, oh, okay. When I think what I'm about to say is that, it's a, it's something that I, like, I'm aware of it, but I don't understand it enough uh, mm. yet. But, like, <clears throat> it, that shows you the importance of incentives and, like, teaching your kids, like, like, just the, like, not the thing, but the parameters. Like, here's the outsides. Like, that's all you, I want, like, I want you to know that. Like, here are the two outside walls. Everything in the middle, like, you get to kind of, like, more or less, like, go figure out for yourself. Uh, and because anything more than that, like, if, if it's a wrong incentive and the person's good at the game, like, it just sends them in a bad direction. Uh, and I don't, like, I don't know. It's just been stuck in my head, and I don't know enough about it yet to, like, speak more eloquently about it or, like, 
talk about how I'll try to shape that with uh, our kids, but I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you're you're talking to him, and he's talking about this and about about systems and processes, and and like, how does that help you? In like, in in the as as you continue in your career there in in IT at the time. Um. Like did did it did it and for at that point no I don't like it really didn't and it should have because I went from the that role to go full circle I went and managed the field services area which is where like my girlfriend at the time's brother had been so the dude that brought me in I went and eventually filled the position like that he had had mm. uh, and so like what I talked about like when I walk in like I see the way things go. He went from being a field service to being a team lead, but then he was the boss of everybody. And so I was like, from the beginning, I was like, well, one day I'll just have his job. Like, that'll be the way that this goes. And like it did. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it was, that was fun. And so all of a sudden, I'm 24 and I'm managing 40, 18 to 22 year olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like, it was fun. And like, I, we did a good job. Like, we got a lot of stuff done, but like, going back i didn't i would like i would have taught them things like i didn't really teach anybody anything and that hour you you had with the director uh what was the purpose of that lunch um i was in a like a i think it was called a leadership class and we just we would do different she would bring in different speakers um and then at some we were supposed to go like have lunch with a leader in the industry that like we admired and so Mm -hmm. i chose him okay what did you see in him that you admired? Well, he seemed, I mean, like, everybody seemed to like him. Uh, he was always very nice to me. Um, and, like, all all I really knew was that, uh, like, the IT department was, like, special. And he was the guy in charge of it. So I was mm. like, all right. Like, okay. Like, let's, let's, let's dig in There's a small part brain. of my brain. It was just like, and one day I'll have his job. Like, I would, like that was that would have been the, like... The goal if I'd, I think, stayed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, could, mm-hmm. I don't even know why. I don't think I want that job. But I just want to be the top. Like, I, want, I need to get there. And so, uh, yeah. that was like, that was fun. Um, I did, I wish, honestly, that I learned more lessons, I think, from like the, the management part. I, I was very much uh, in a party mindset. And like, it was, I, We'd go to the bar like most nights and get home at like one or two in the morning. I'd wake up, get to work at like nine. I wasn't very early most days. But at lunch, like we're going out and doing like CrossFit or workouts and stuff like that. And like I I would go to work. Like I worked hard. I would get everything I could done. I was working out hard. It only made sense in my brain to party that hard as well. And so it was just like these... It was like diametric your, your, forces. Was it like your okay? I'm I, I worked tower now. I'm gonna treat myself to what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it makes sense. Like at the time, in every life is faces, right? But even now, we have, uh, you know, we 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 work hard, and then we do things that we enjoy doing, yep. and things just kind of change as life changes, yeah. right? So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it was fun. Like, it was, those those were, like, some of the funnest years of my life. And, like, that was when Kelsey and I met. Uh, 
And you, so, you learn people too by yeah. you know you're going out. Sure, you're partying. That's the reason you're going out. But you're also like interacting with people. You are uh, learning to be around people, and you just kind of become a people person. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, okay. So, uh, you mentioned you were working out. So when when was the first time you said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try CrossFit. I'm gonna try working out." Like, what was because you weren't in you weren't really, uh, I guess, into working out before you did. So, how were you into introduced to? Hey, let's let's come let's come and uh, work out. Yeah, have a workout. <clears throat> and so, like, how did that happen? I was working out with these two guys that were uh, like a few years older than me, and they started talking about CrossFit. And like, I didn't even know we. And then they're like, "Oh, there's a CrossFit gym in San Angelo," and I was like, "Wow, I didn't even know that." Uh and so. That January, they did like a discount deal, whatever, to come in and like join. And so I do that. You go through like the foundations class. I think I did a month of classes. A few years later, like a another gym opened and it was like a younger, a bunch of like kids that I knew from college were going there. Uh, it was closer to the campus. And so I started going there and that was fun. Like I did that for a while. Uh, I did some competitions. Like I did enjoy that part. It had just all of a sudden, like, the fact that I, like, in my head, like, it was always, like, I was a sick kid. Uh, mm. I had asthma, I had allergies. Like, that was that was the person that it was. You don't even consider doing certain things because that's just, like, not, like, I never thought about a hike. Like, I never went hiking until I was, I don't know, like, 23 or 24 years old. Um and not that I wasn't into it or anything like that, but not even that I, like, if I saw it or someone asked me, like, it just wasn't, that wasn't a direction that I looked. Like, I, I don't do those types of things. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did, did, were you still taking asthma me- medications at the, yeah. Okay. Until, uh, at 21, like, I started eating this way. And what kind of environment were you that, that, uh, that the conversation started of, the paleo diet so i think just there was just like the the next part of the path like i was getting very into the workouts and i was like i think you just start asking questions like what's next like what do i how mm. do i how do i continue to do this thing okay. and so it's like oh, okay well if we're working out like well let's start, let's start looking at our diet like and it was like oh, okay like i know nothing about any of that and was this the the, the trainer that or who was having these I conversations think this is me and just my the guys that i'm working out okay. with because uh, they've been like dieting and doing different stuff for okay. a while um and i owned a home and so like i got a kitchen and all this different stuff uh i wasn't complicated about stuff like I, every night i would make a meat with two different vegetables and i would make a double serving i would put one of those servings in a tupperware that was the next day's lunch and like i just i'm for whatever reason i don't i've never i guess had like a big I like food and like when we go on vacations and stuff, that's a big part of our trips is like eating foods and like experiencing different things like that. But I don't think I'm driven by it in ways that like other folks are like mm-hmm. that's, um, I think we all have our, our items that really draw us in. Uh, and I've just always been able to like, Hey, for the next, however long, this is what I'm eating. This is what I'm doing. And like, I just do it. And like, I don't, I'm not, shaking or thinking about like having to go have another thing it's just like cool and this is what we're doing right now 
Mm. So I was able to do that then. And mm. it was like quick. You just start like seeing stuff happen. Oh, and that even drew you more in, well, obviously. Yeah, I'm 21, 22. And then like all of a sudden, like I start to look like an athlete. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then all of a sudden I'm that guy at a party that just like, Somehow, like, there's a way that my, like, shirt comes off, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, it helped. And it was just like, oh, like, there's so much that was, like, reinforcing that behavior. A big part that when I go into the IT department, like, a bunch of these kids just played video games. And, like, it made sense for them to go work on computers. Like, I grew up working on a farm and, like, working in a cotton gin. And so I didn't know what the work was, but I was able to do three times as much as them. Uh and then I start working out and doing these things and like you get more energy and you feel better. And like, it just like, Oh, I'm crushing it. Uh, working out and doing different stuff. If everything I do at work, I'm getting praised and promoted and doing all this different stuff. Uh, just like, putting in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you had work, great work ethic. Sounds like. And yeah. And so then, uh, like that, that meant that you and got to go play. You mentioned you owned your home. So you're 21, 22 <clears throat> and how, 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 how did you, how did that come in? You know, sure. mo, mo, most, even nowadays, you know, mo, most kids think, oh, I'm not old enough to own or maintain or take care of yeah. a home, you know, so you, you're young and you're 21, 22 and you own your first, how, how did that, how well, did glad, that happen? I'm glad that you brought this up because I do also want to, as we start that, I want to jump back to, uh, you had a previous guest, uh, Aaron Keefe. Mm -hmm. And he had a great segment where he talked about if if I was going into college, if I was graduating high school, what I would do. Mm. And he talked about being able to, like, get a job to work up enough money to buy a home and have your friends move in. And he talked about, like, the whole uh, house hacking process. Um, the comments that were on that video blew me away at how many people were just like, this dude's living in La La Land. Like, this can't be, like, this isn't possible. Not, not that it can't be. That They were saying, like, that there's no way that this is possible. And, like, that that was the weird part to me. Um, it's just how people viewed it. Because I was like, oh, no, no, I didn't even know that was a saying, and I did it. Like, what are y'all talking about? It's not possible. And so, yeah, the whole reason I have a, a bought a home at 21 is because um, Samantha, my dog. And so, like, y'all have met her. Uh, I was living in an apartment that didn't allow dogs and knew, like, I was about to be able to move out of that, and I knew I was going to get a dog. And so I start looking too early and I look at the pound and they have part lab, part blue healer puppies. And I'm like, oh, this is everything that I've ever wanted in a dog. And so I, I go and I get one and I have like two months left in my apartment. Uh, so I'm like, well, we'll just like sneak her around and stuff. And like, I end up doing it, but it was crazy. Like the amount of times that we nearly got caught or like by the end of the day, basically just knew I had a dog and it was like, <laughs> guys, I'm about to move out. Like, just let me do this thing. But I like just what I was talking about earlier, having no ability to see into the future. Uh, I started like trying to find an apartment at that point and like, I can't, uh, cause I have a dog, uh, and I'm looking at houses and all this different stuff. I have a little bit of money saved up just cause like I was, I worked all the time in like as many different aspects as I could. Uh, and one of the, like one of the older guys that I'm fortunately around is like, well, Hey, why don't you like look at buying a house? And he's like, my mom's a realtor. Like, why don't y'all just talk and like figure something out? I'm like, okay. Like, I don't even, I don't know anything about this. I don't, don't even know what these words mean. I don't know what I'm like, nothing. Uh, 
And so I go with her and she's like, well, you know, you can do a FHA loan. You only have to put 3% down. So that's what that looks like as far as like money-wise on these homes that we're going to look at. Uh, and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And we go look at some houses and it was, it was whatever. Like, I, don't, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm looking at. Like I'm just going, basically I'm looking at price tags. That's all I see is the number on these houses. Uh, so we do that. I get hooked up with like a mortgage lady and we're looking and I like, I barely have enough money to make it happen, but I do. And this is how little I know about this process. Cause like, we're done. Like I picked out the house. We're good to go. She's like, cool. We, I leave a meeting and I'm like, I'm going to Vegas. And I just, I'm so stupid. And she's like, oh, that's, that's fun. She's like, don't spend all your money. And I just like laugh. Well, like all this money that I have saved up, like that's what it's for. Like it's for this Vegas trip. Like, uh, mm. and so I think I've shown you that I have this pile of money. We're good. Like we're done. I've showed you the bank statements. You don't need anything from this point on. I go to Vegas. I spend everything, uh, everything, thousands of dollars. Come back. It's like Monday or Tuesday of that next week. She calls me and she's like, oh, how's everything going and everything? She's like, all right, well, you just send over your bank statements. And I'm like, well, I've already done that. She's like, well, no, I like, we'll have to keep doing that. And like, it's quiet. And she knows. And she's like, Jonathan, she's like, you didn't spend your money, did you? And I'm like, oh, I can't even make words. I think I'm just making sounds. <laughs> and she's like, how much money do you have? And it's like, I was like, $37? Like, I don't know. Like, nothing. Like, less than 100 bucks. Uh and she's like, oh, my God. And so I had to go in there. And so this is like, you can't do it. Like, you like you lost it. Um, And so we started like, trying to figure out. contract? Um, I think so. Like, I think at this point we're under contract. Uh, and so my realtor calls them. And basically it's like, he's a 21-year-old college student. He's an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. He can have, like, and I was like, hey, I can have the money in two months. Like, if you'll give me two months, like, I can have the money. And so she told, tells them that, and they're like, okay. Like, well, they they live in another state. They're renting it out to a family or a couple. And they're like, yeah, like, that's fine. Like, we'll wait another two months if you'll make this happen. And so I have, I'm homeless now. Uh, and so I, like, I'm hopping around different couches. Uh, while I'm going through all of this, uh. I don't remember who brings it up to me, but they're like, hey, there's a thing through the city that helps low-income people with their down payment. And so I'm like, okay, I'll go check that out. We'll be in like 21 and working like a whatever job like I did. I was, I was low-income. And so they help me out, and I end up – I have to sh- I do have to make the money, and I have to show that I have like however many months in reserve or whatever. But I bought my first home for $500. The $500 earnest check, earnest money, was all that came out of my pocket. The rest of it, the city of San Angelo paid my down payment. And then from that point on, I started making mortgage payments. And as long as I lived in that house for six years, they would pay, uh, like, I didn't have to pay anything back mm-hmm. on that down payment. And so, like, was it a lucky deal? Yeah. Was I was I out there trying to make it happen anyway? Yes. Like, And so, like, luck is a thing, 100%. Like you, But you don't get to, another guy told me this, you don't get to be lucky unless you're playing the game. Mm. And so, like, until you're out there trying to make deals, like, you don't get to get lucky on a house until you're trying to buy a house. Like, you got to go put that part out there first. Um, and so, like, it, it works out. 
I end up getting to move in. It cost me no money. I moved my buddies in. They're paying my mortgage. And like, again, I just got to like, I just start stacking money. Uh, and it was like, it was great. We tear the house apart. Uh, <laughs> a few years later, I move out. I keep renting it. Uh, now I'm like making a profit off the house, uh, living in this other house. I go through a few different things with renters. Like a couple people bounce out. I lose like a couple grand in rent payments. And it kind of, it just changed my mind towards it at that point. Mm. Um, but to wrap all of that up, what ended up happening was in the end of 2019, when I moved out, my neighbor came over and was like, hey, my mom is a older lady. She lives in another state. Whenever you want to sell this house, like, please let me know. I would love to buy it because I want to like, I want to move my mom in here. And so I'm thinking about selling that. I just call him. I'm like, hey, man, uh, it's not in great shape, but like, I'll sell it to you as it is. Like, let me know. And so he goes over and he walks in and he comes back and calls me and he's like, how about this? And he just says a number. And it's 10,000 more than what I thought I would ever make on that house. Uh, and I've done, like, it's in bad shape. Uh, I was like, yep. And so sell that house. And that is what we used to buy the gym. Wow. Uh, and so, like, well, I wasn't looking forward. But understanding that, like, when you are in college or in high school, like, your number one goal as a young person should be to buy your first home. Like, that is goal number one. Don't buy cars. Don't buy anything. Like, buy a home. Like once you do that, the like money as a like just as a thing changes. Like just your ability to like keep it and progress it and do different stuff. Like it, it's so powerful. And if you can do it in college, when you need less space, and you can rent that stuff out, oh, like it's just a way to do it. It really mm -hmm. is. It really is. One of the guys that helped me with this, um, the older guys that I work out with. His son just graduated college, but they, um, like he does some like fixer upper stuff with his dad and everything. But yeah, like he house hacked his way through college and like that is as he's graduating, that's his career. Like he is, he's making enough money doing flips and different things. Uh, and so, yeah, like he, he practiced that stuff through college and like dude, all this different stuff in a perfect world, he would have just saved all that money and not went to college since he's just going to do this other thing. But you know, it, whatever. Uh, but it's cool like that. That is a, that's a whole realm. Obviously, you know about this. Uh, but it, the fact that people came down so much on that message, like I think speaks to why we probably are a country that's like the hundreds of trillions or whatever it is, dollars in debt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, not to mention, you know, just kind of under, understanding like money and how it works and what it can do and, uh, you know, how to invest it and not necessarily like stocks or anything, but just investing it in your own life that yep. it compounds yep. later in life. For example, if you continue renting, well, for one, anybody can say, hey, you're out. Like we, you know, we will say you're renting a home. We're going to sell it. You got a 30 days to leave, uh, you know, or hey, uh, Sorry, taxes went up, insurance went up. Now your your rent is gonna go up. You know, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, uh, depending. Well, nowadays, right? And that just 
that just that doesn't really create a stable environment for your your family because it's it's uncertainty. You you never know when somebody's going to come in and kick you out or increase your rent or something breaks down and you have to wait weeks, months, you know. Um, and so definitely, and you can't have a lot of times your own dogs that you yep. want to have. <laughs> uh, no, that's but yeah, there's no way y'all gonna have Harvey somewhere. No one would let Harvey live anywhere. <laughs> but and like past that, you're spending more. Yes, like, no one is renting a house and like not making hopefully For charity. Like, yeah, they they have to make a profit off of it. Or when the AC or whatever goes out, like you're gonna be without an AC if they're not making any money. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, or, or if you don't have a great landlord. Yeah, and that's like the. I see this even in talking to people like so the money money now how do we want to put this like <clears throat> the idea of saving money is tough like to have a pile of 20,000 it's like oh my god that's going to take forever where the idea of like paying a few hundred extra dollars a month to rent like that's not like oh, we'll mm-hmm. just have to do that instant and gratification you see that instant gratification you see the same idea when you look at just like nutrition with people, mm. the idea of going to the grocery store on the weekend and spending $200 at one time for your family and that being all the food that you eat, that's hard because that's $200 where well, you'll go out and you can spend 30 or 40 a transaction eating food and like, what's well, not 200 bucks though? And it's like, yeah, but do the math. Like you're about to spend 500 bucks this week on food the way that you're eating where like you could spend 200 one time and like you're good. And like that, that's a real conversation that I have with people is it's like, like, I can't afford to go to the grocery store. It's like, the food that you buy somewhere else is the same food. And another person is making it. And then they're also making a profit off of that. Like, there's no way that you cannot uh, save money going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like, that's uh, that, that blows my mind. But I, I really think that most of that comes to what the like what the transaction is when you do it at the time yep yeah at that time for sure it's uh it, because even then uh like for example you might have spent more when you switched over to this whole food uh diet and maybe you were spending more maybe you weren't uh getting those delicious carbs that you might maybe you were used to but that saved you tons of money in medication yep. and having to go back to the doctor and not just the medication costs and going to the doctor, but the time you have to uh, go. And not only that, how it, how it affects your lifestyle, because now uh, if, if you, if you wouldn't have discovered that, Hey, cleaning, eating clean and, uh, and, and working out, uh, it's solving these health problems. Like if, if, that that would have been that if you would have kept in the mindset of no I have asthma I can't really mm-hmm. do these things that would have basically crippled you the rest of your life saying that's not for me I was just born this way yep uh, it's kind of like these uh, these contracts we kind of sign with ourselves at an early age and it's about breaking that contract and creating a new one you know what let me let me try this for my own health for my own lifestyle for my own future. And because that that'll water down to your family, um, so that's that's great analogy there with uh, with you know with with the instant gratification there with the choices you've made and the lessons you unconsciously learned just throughout the way by being around the environment you were around. Because sure you were parting stuff, but you were also very responsible, 
and which meant you were able to acquire these positions that allowed you to be with people that in in some way or another just kind of affected your action your your yep. choices yep and that's wow that's awesome uh, so it was lucky yeah that's like, awesome it was lucky. it was l- maybe some luck but it also has a lot to do with with you and what you wanted to do and you were hungry there was something you you were and and having that competitive too yep. i feel like that competitive like just wanting more and wanting to be better whatever that is and you come and take things as they come and and run with them yep uh and i mean lucky as far as like i got noticed and was able to like access and hang out with these older guys because of my work ethic and because of the things i was doing <clears throat> but i was lucky in the sense that i had a job that they were there like i I got to meet them and like i got to do that mm. and like these three these three dudes were in my wedding uh like i have a text group with them and talked to them yesterday like they're still very much a part of my life uh and it's just like yeah it was cool um if you were a younger person, the only thing better than Aaron Keefe's idea of buying the home and doing the house hacking stuff is like, is surround yourself by older people doing the things that like you want to do mm. that have families and like, or family, whatever it is, like whatever it is that you want, like watch how they interact and how they do all that different stuff. But I want to go back to that. The, I was born this way. Like mm. that is like, it's, that's the trap that I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think the most like, yeah. It's like, well, I, no, I'm not like, I'm not one of those exercise people. I'm not one of those like whatever people. And so the born this way, I think sets like, you see it in a few different aspects. And have you, have you heard of, have you ever looked into like the, like multiple different types of intelligence? Like there's like eight or 10 different characteristics of intelligence. No. And so there's like IQ which is what we test and do different stuff with. So that's your logical reasoning. You can spot patterns and different stuff like that. But there's also people are trying to make a case of um, there's musical intelligence. And so some people like they can just sing. They can just like they pick up instruments and like it just makes sense to them. Like if you give me an instrument or if I start like I can't, I cannot sing in the slightest. Um, It's just a, it's a thing that I don't know nothing about. Another aspect of it is um, like athleticism. And so some people are just like way more coordinated. They can, from an early age, like control parts of their body that like other people struggle with. And it keeps going. Gardening is one. Mechanicking is one. Um, and when you start to think about it, like it, it would probably make sense. Like there's some people maybe, you know, when it comes to mechanicking or like they've never went to school to work on cars or whatever, but it just makes like they just understand it. Like they can just get into anything and start making it. And it's like, okay, so like that, I can follow that, like that there are, there's different things um, that our intelligence can like go down. When that's why some things are easier for some people. School is easier for some people. They have a higher IQ. Sports are easier for some people. They are like, they can just control their body in better ways. And so they start to go down that way. And what I think is like, if you view it as you're going to have strengths in these things, but all you have to go do is put time and like pay attention and put awareness towards like these other skills and you will develop them. It will take you longer than the other person who is like just skilled at it, but you can go develop that skill. Um, and like, I don't one, I don't think it's talked about very much. Uh, but I, I don't even, it took me a long time to realize, like I wasn't good at shooting. I became good at shooting. I wasn't good at exercise. I became really good at exercise. And like you wasn't knew nothing about computers in the IT department and like work up to a management position. It's like 
hey, if you'll just go, like, you give to a thing. Like, if you just devote yourself to it, mm-hmm. you will 100% get better at it. And, like, don't worry about the timeline. Like, it may take some people longer. It took me an incredible amount of time to become good at exercise. Like, I worked out for a long time with a terrible form, not having any idea of, like, how to control my body, how to do different things. Um, but then I started to get it. And, like, now I can pick up on things way quicker. I can see a new concept. I can put it together faster because it took it took 10 years. Like, I've done 10 years of learning so that now my learning curve is a little bit shorter. Uh, and... You start picking up patterns and one thing kind of feeds into another yeah. like philosophies type. And so if you know yeah. like the whole Miyamoto Musashi, like once you see the way broadly, you'll see it in all things. Like I think that's what it is. Like time and attention is the key. Like whatever, like you want to have a better, like if you want to have better relationships, like you need to spend more time and like awareness towards that person. And guess what? That relationship will get better. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to like whatever, you want to be better at golf, like, the more you play and like not just play, but be aware of your play and like practice and try to get better, you will get better at the thing. Um, yeah. That goes for every Like, so there's not a, is it going to be easier for some people who jump into exercise? Like, yeah. Like, are there the people who start dieting and in six weeks they lose 50 pounds? Like, yes, but that's such a rare like thing. Uh, and then people build marketing campaigns around it, but it, that, I don't know, it bums me out. And, like, I I just hate hearing that, um, which is not the segue I was kind of planning on. But I do, a majority of what I do now at the gym is working with kids. Uh, junior high to high school ages. Uh, some in the gym, but a majority of them off-site at different, like, behavioral treatment centers. And so some kids have had problems with addiction. Um and so they're in a rehab. Some of these kids just have behavioral issues. Yesterday I went and for the first time worked with um, kids with autism. And where, like, that is the, you can't, it's so hard to influence an adult. Uh, like, we're ingrained in our ways mm-hmm. and all this different stuff. But, like, a kid, you can start, you can explain this stuff to them that, like, I know you're not very good at exercise. You're not very good at school right now. And I know you don't want to. But, like, if you'll just... If you'll put time towards it, I promise you'll get better. No one's told them that. Like, people mm-hmm. tell them you have to put time towards this thing. But, like, hey, you will get better at it. Um, and that's, like, it's fun. Like, I really have enjoyed doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It it reminds me. I agree 100% with what you're saying. And um, a, a way, uh, I mean, uh, one of the ways that, that I try to explain it at least to my younger siblings, it's, uh, it's that it's like a, like, like a like planting a tree right like uh if if or anything right if you're planting a tree or if, say you're planting flowers if you're planting flowers and you expect expect them to bloom you have to water water them you have to nurture the seed you have to water it every day and it's not gonna you can't plant the seed and it's gonna grow grow overnight and you're gonna wake up and seeing some beautiful flowers no you have to water it and you have to make sure it's in the right environment for whatever type of uh, flower it is and and that and you know it's kind of like we're all different flowers right mm-hmm. and we all we all thrive in different environments and it's about uh nurturing you nurturing what it is that you're doing so that it grows um, otherwise you can't just expect to try it one time and ta-da mm-hmm. um but it also speaks to the like the overwhelming amount of work 
that will be put on and nothing will happen. Mm. You have to water 100 times and see no results. Uh, and just like feel like a crazy person. It's like I've been told I got to water this plant. And I keep watering it, but nothing's happening. Uh, and then one day you get to like enjoy the fruit of your labor. Mm. Uh, I think another part, especially like when it comes to adults and like having a harder time of changing, hopefully if this will help anyone, I think a big part of it, it's easier to tell yourself that you can't do something than to live with the idea of like that there is the possibility. Uh, and so it's like, I utilize that in like a new direction now where um the it's a two sentence part uh like i i'm so keenly aware now that like i could go learn and do whatever it is that i wanted to do so i had to tell myself that like hey you can you could go do that thing but like you don't have the time uh and so that like that's helpful however if you're on the other side of that thing where like you feel like you can't exercise or like you can do something you're not that type of person you like like you're lying to yourself like and that's the easier path to walk like it's much harder to start telling yourself that like okay i am a person that can exercise because then a lot more questions start to come in well where do i start what do i do why haven't i been doing this why do i feel the way i do when i start doing it why does it hurt so much why did i wait so long like it, it there's only one question one direction or 21 and so people are going to choose the one question most of the time mm-hmm. yeah definitely Definitely. That, I think that's that's a great point. And I think like us as humans, we're like you said, we're already kind of we've adopted already certain beliefs about the world and especially ourselves and who we are that we can't be or we won't be. And, and sometimes I think even ego, like mm-hmm. putting yourself in a in a situation where where you know nothing about where you have to learn. And, you know, sometimes that is hard. Um, and sometimes I feel like it's like it's we're comparing ourselves with others versus just comparing ourselves to yesterday. If we compared ourselves to yesterday, but instead of looking at others as a comparison, looking at others as inspiration. And, you know, I think like one of those things, like when you, we gravitate towards certain things and we start seeing seeing, oh, well, that's that's cool. Like, oh, I, I, I like how he looks. How, I kind of want to have that body, too. I want to be able to take off my shirt and you know, be comfortable with myself, you know, sometimes that, 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 that comes at a cost, right? You have to put in the work to do that. And sometimes the fact that, oh, I have to, uh, well, for one, maybe I don't know how to, and two, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't, how embarrassing is it that I'm grown up and I'm going to go to someone and um, I know nothing about, like, that's embarrassing, right? So it's, it's, it's all that. And, and it sounds like, ego right it's the ego it is and i think that's the big that's the big part and i actually uh, i'm not a great writer but i've like written a piece about this and how people say that like ego driven people go to the gym like the only reason you want to look a certain way is for your ego but like my argument is like it's your ego that's keeping you out of the gym Mm. like because it's a scary door to open Mm. Uh, and so it's much more protective to start making up like other completely crazy things as to why you can't go like do this thing and like that is your ego it is feeding you what knows like will protect you the hardest clients that i have are those that are the most like successful in other endeavors and again it's an ego thing because you are the top dog like you know exactly what it is that you're doing you roll in and like you're so skilled in this other thing and you have to 
adopt the idea or the mentality of a beginner in this whole new aspect of life. And it's like, no, like I'm an advanced person. Give me the advanced diet plan. It's like you are advanced in one area of your life, but you don't know the difference between like a processed food and a whole food right now. Mm. So you are a beginner in like my world. Uh, like I, I could learn a ton from you in the business aspect of things. Right now you have to come learn a ton from me on like what is food. Uh, mm. And those are like, that's the hardest thing to work with. Uh, because to take a step back, like to restart something. To as much success as you've had in your different endeavors to sit down and start a podcast. Like it can't be like easy. Um, as someone who's like put out stuff that like you do, you worry about like the negative comment, you worry about the video that like you've devoted so much time to, and there's so much that goes into this and then not enough people consume it. And your ego is like, well, you need to stop doing this. Like what, it, what are your friends going to think when every week mm-hmm. you're taking time to do this thing, but no one's watching your video. And it's like, it's just this voice that exists, I'm, I'm assuming you probably had it and like talked to it. And it's just like, like you have to like understand that it's not real. Right. Uh, it's our perception. Yeah. And like no one, no one probably actually thinks any of that stuff. And if they do like that person sucks, like they've never done it. Like, what do you like it? And, and so like you start to realize that like most of your ego will project is itself, at least in my case, as like, what other people's opinions are like going to be. And if you'll just like sit with that and realize like, well, the people's opinions that I actually care about won't have that. And so it's like, ah, never right. mind. And it's uh, it, the big thing. It's like leaving that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, uh, it's like, no, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to go put myself in, in, in that position where I feel uncomfortable around. Uh, but if, if it's something you desire and, you just shy away for whatever reasons you've developed throughout your life. And it's like, uh, I'm just not going to do that. Or, you know, what? I'm just going to go to the gym and do my own thing. But you may not have the same results at somebody that's that did the work to learn all these things. Yeah. Right. So, for example, like if if I need uh, even just an oil change in my car, any, any if anything breaks down in my car and I'm like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do it myself. And that's going to take, sure, you may be able to do it, but it's going to take time, right? Versus if you go with an expert, it's like, boom, done. And, you know, even then, um, I I had a conversation with uh, one of my mechanics, actually, and sometimes it's like people are uh, like, oh, you're going to charge me that much just to do this? Well, it's not just this. It's the whole skill set that they've developed that's the value it's the fact that because they went through the work because they did their study because they failed so many times until they finally were able to spot it on the moment they hear the sound oh it's doing this oh it's probably this it's like that didn't just happen because they're a genius no that i mean some people may be geniuses but most of the time it's because they did the work yep they spent 24 hours struggling with that problem mm. listening to that sound one time or two times or however many times mm-hmm. it took to now they hear that sound and they're like oh okay cool For ex- yes like, or like if i want like uh nutrition advice well i know i know nutrition i know i just gonna eat this this and that and you know i should be good no i mean there's so many different ways to eat and and there's i'm, I'm sure there's so many different uh just ways to go about it that how would we know what our options are if if for one, if we don't do the studying, okay. But if 
if, if we don't do the hard work ourselves or the studying and if you're if you're developing a career I mean it, and you want to be an expert in or you think you're an expert in every other area like that's it's really a disservice mm -hmm. because you're wasting time uh, uh, time that could be could be invested in in learning what it is you're good at because somebody else is going to need from your services and so let other people and, and you know like the last the last uh, guest i had um you know he's a he's a business uh coach and i i one of the things that even i made a connection with is like now he he worked in the whole corporate world and now he helps businesses kind of grow and it's one of the things he mentioned, which is so true. Um, you know, there's there's he's a finance major, right? So he kind of looks into all the gaps and how you can improve and 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 propel your business. And um, like he mentioned, you know, sometimes he talks to plumbers, for example. All they've done their whole life is plumbing, but they maybe they don't know different strategies, different buckets, or he calls it levers you can push to move your business forward and a lot of times he's like well I, I know how to do this and and what he what the mech, the connection I made was like okay you have your expertise on whatever whether you're a mechanic or you're a plumber or you're an electrician and you have a business and that's all you know but then there's this other aspect on how to make it better and sure it's gonna maybe cost you some money but that's that's an investment mm -hmm. and I think it's looking at things from an investment so we can like a partnership like let's work together to accomplish this goal, and in in every scenario is the same thing. For example, you, you being a, a fitness coach um, and uh, and a nutrition coach, uh, sure I can I can I can do some things that maybe get me a little bit better. But if I really want to propel like as quickly as possible and learn like from the experts and keep like instead of taking me 10 years to learn something if i can condense that and you know in in a time frame depending on where you are at the time and and the expert it, it doesn't have to be 10 years yep. it can be a few months years whatever it is however long it takes you personally but it won't be 10 years yep. um so you know and i think that's where the the that's where the quality is for every person that has their individual career, their individual, uh, 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 like their forte of whatever it is that they do and they want to do something else because our life is not just about our career. There's so many in health and fitness. It's huge. And health and fitness really helps you be be better at like feel better. Yep. And if you feel better, you can do better because if you don't feel good, well, you know, I'll just sit down and just eat some popcorn and watch Netflix. Yep. Like on, you know, my whole free, I'm just going to do what it is that I need to do to get that paycheck. Um, and then just chill. Yep. You know what I mean? So that, that is, that is, it. that is interesting. Like that, the fact that you mentioned that your hardest clients are the ones that, you know, kind of think, oh, well, I'm so successful in all these things. It's like that kind of, puts it out there where it's like it's it just it's it's so eye-opening to me even just hearing you say that because it's 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 true like it, it and, and it it's true even for myself when I'm you know when I when I think about okay what do I want to learn well now it's instead of saying oh I'm just going to google it because I have google 
it's like no let's let's go talk to somebody so that so that it speeds up my process because you know a lot of times it's the money right oh that's too expensive money comes and goes but time doesn't yep. so that that's that's huge so i want i want to take a little bit back to um to when I think we started talking when when you were a homeowner and doing the house hacking, you were twenty one, twenty two. Uh, did you meet your now wife uh, by then when you bought your home? No, 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 no. It was a few years after that. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, um, how how did you meet your your wife? Yeah. Uh, and so there was a bar in San Angelo. I'm pretty sure it's still there called Fiddle Strings. Uh, and it is like what has to be one of the most dangerous things, but they have a pool in the back of the bar. And so that's like an awesome outdoor section, but then there's like a little three or three and a half foot pool where they have like a net in it and they do water volleyball tournaments during the summer. And so me and some other degenerate friends would go enter into this. You pay, like, I don't know how much it is, like a hundred bucks a team or something like that. Well then at the end, like however many teams, like all of the money goes to the winner. Uh, the bar doesn't want them like they want you to come drink while you play and mm-hmm. they're like they were they were killing it they were doing good uh but we got really good and like we would win all of them like and so during the summer i'm not kidding like we would go make like two thousand dollars like basically we would drink more than that but we would like cover a bunch of tabs just off of playing volleyball there and so it was really cool um some of the girls that were on our team were like all of them every girl that we ever had on our team was like an ex volleyball player for asu uh we recruited we did good uh <laughs> that competitiveness and, yeah, i wanted to win uh but so one of the girls was friends with kelsey and so one day she just came up there uh and like our it was like one of those things uh like i had a, i had a girlfriend um she had a boyfriend but like i sat down and like look at her and i was just like oh like i like this girl like this is cool and i was just having small talk and she mentioned uh, being a psychology major. And for whatever reason, I'd always been, like, I didn't know what psychology was, but I was intrigued by it. And, like, I thought if you can if you can manipulate or, like, try to have a person have a certain thought, like, that's very powerful. Um, that's basically all I knew about it. So when she said that she was, like, a psychology major, I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is a big deal. Um, but, like, we both were seeing people. Uh, but we like kind of hit it off and over the next like few weeks or months, it was more or less like finding excuses to have like the whole group come together. Uh, like we wouldn't necessarily like text each other, but it was like a lot of work going into like making sure that our groups were meeting up a lot. Uh, <laughs> and so I eventually, I break up with my girlfriend, uh, cause like I, I, I would like obsessed with this chick like i freak i wanted to be with her uh and kelsey ends up breaking up with her boyfriend uh like we went on a date and that was that was it like two weeks later like because we had been like this is not great like we didn't do anything but it was not good like our whole courtship was like four months of us like flirting being around each other yeah and so then like once we started dating it was just like we went into it like two weeks later i went on vacation with her uh I was never, never really looked back. Um, what did prior to, or I guess you were in a, in a relationship, but were, were there certain, even, even before Kelsey, did you ever think like, Oh, uh, I want 
like I'm looking for certain things from a partner, like a certain. I don't know that I could have put it down on paper, but I would like get in relationships and realize that like I would I wanted more stuff and like this is a crazy thing and like I still don't know how. I think I know how I define it. Like a conversation I've had with like most girls and like it depends on how like how your reaction to this is like matters to me. But it's like I always let them know like I do not plan on being ordinary. And I was like, and I don't think it takes that much more to be like an extraordinary person. And so like just understand like I don't know what it means or what direction it's going to go in. But like that is my goal. And like I want to like I don't want us to be a normal couple. I don't want us to be normal people. Like I want us to go out and be like extraordinary. Like Let's do things that other people aren't doing. Um, And like you tell some people that. And there's like this like nearly laughing look. Like they've already given up, mm-hmm. right? Like, like they, they don't believe in they've it accepted almost. their role in life and like the level that they're gonna be at. And um it causes like I'm not kidding, it causes like great pain and anxiety and different stuff. But like I've not accepted that even now. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't I don't care to be like crazy successful or famous or any of this stuff, but like I know that there's more that like can be done and like can can be doing. And so like that's a big part. Uh and I knew and like with Kelsey from the get go, like that was her. Like mm. she was she was going to school, she was going to get her master's degree. She knew what she wanted to do, the direction she wanted to go. Uh uh-uh. mm. and like very career driven, like wanted to go out and do stuff. And so it was like cool. Like And that. she was fun. And she was fun. Yeah, we were having a good time. Uh and yeah, it was just it was it was a good time. Uh, so two weeks after you, you go on vacation, where'd you guys go? I uh, went with her to see her friend in Florida, uh, which is a great time. Um, Florida sounds like a great time. I, <laughs> they've never hung out again. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I don't like this chick had a boyfriend who was like a tool. Uh, and I, Kelsey didn't like him, but they, one, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a confrontational person at times. And <laughs> it was like the third night that we were there and we we're at the bar and like something got said and I just like, I finally popped off and like it was, I don't, I would not like, I didn't even say anything mean. This guy was just talking about how awesome he was. And I just like said a thing to like pointed to, I don't know him being less. I'm not sure, but it like chilled the whole room. Uh, mm. And even while we were there, like her friend didn't hang out with you. It was a weird trip and like that. I don't but, know, but, were you, but you guys were able to connect. I'm sure at a deeper oh, level yeah. because you know there's yeah. there's a there's a situation that kind of things get kind of crazy, and you I'm, you guys were able to kind of even understand each other yeah. more. And there was like certain times with our friend group uh, that it's not a nice joke to say on a podcast, but there was just a there's a dynamic in a relationship with one of our friends and. Uh, Kelsey threw it out there one time at a lunch or a dinner and it like the fact that she had the like she was ballsy enough to like say it in front of them and like it the whole place the whole table goes quiet except for me who like spits like beer up and just like crying laughing uh, it's just like holy shit I can't believe you did it like you act, like you went there and you said it and it was just like okay like yeah I've met like I've met the person who's not afraid. Like, yeah, I'm not, I don't pick on people. Like, I'm, that's not my thing is to like bring someone down. But like, if you are the type of person who likes to try to stand tall among others, like, or belittle others, yeah, it's nice to like check them every now and then. And, and she's right there. Uh, mm. So it's good. It's fun. As if you, you went next week, you went over looking for uh, the ring. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was a little slower on that part. Uh, oh, yeah. To the uh, to the dissatisfaction of her parents, I think. <laughs> uh, so we moved in. We bought a house together before we were engaged. Uh, mm. And because I had like a I like I knew like we were gonna get married, and like I decided this was like a particular way that I wanted it to go. Uh, and her like sister had just got engaged. They had dated for a long time. I didn't want to like jump in and mess with their excitement. Mm. Um, even though like I knew it was like time for us as well. Uh, yeah. Didn't want to kind of take from their shine. Yeah. Well, that speaks a lot of you, you know, cause I, I understand that. So that, that, that was a big part of it. Uh, I was also like just young and like we were making moves. We both got new jobs. Like we had, I don't know, we had to move. It just made so much more sense for us to just like go do it together. Like we were going to be engaged within like not that much time, but yeah, so we did that. Uh, not to the most satisfaction of her parents. And so, like, pretty quickly we got engaged, which is a funny story. I, like, I'm not good at gifts. Like, I don't really like to get gifts. I'm not very good at giving gifts. Um, The idea of picking out a wedding ring for someone, like, that makes zero sense. I don't know what she wants. Like, why? That's such a big thing. Why does the person who has to wear it not get to pick that out? Like, that that's a crazy concept to me. So... I went the route of, the, you know, like the Quelo, like the silicone, like workout rings. Uh-huh. So that's what I got her. Okay. Uh, for our engagement. With, like a, with a plan of like, hey, like this is the stand-in and we'll go, like as soon as we get back home, we'll go get a ring. Uh, what I did not know was that it was a glow-in-the-dark one. Oh. <laughs> and so we go on a family vacation with them to uh, Colorado and I flubbed the I don't do like an awful job with the, I was so nervous and like so I couldn't even make words like I think I just was like nervous offered her the ring yeah. and I don't even think she said yes I was just like hugged her it's like yeah we're getting married whatever uh <laughs> but it's like dusk and like as I'm like holding it up the ring is like somewhat glowing in the dark and it's like I bought it like it looks like I went and did like the quarter machine thing or whatever to get her a wedding ring uh it was just funny I guess it, it was a funny part uh <laughs> But then we went out and picked her an actual wedding ring. But no, it was it was it's been it's been great. But that that was that was your way, you know. Yeah. That was that was and and I'm sure I mean that's how you are and and you know obviously that she loves you for who you yeah. are. No, I don't think there was any surprise from her that that was the way it went down. <laughs> yeah. That that that's that's a good thing. That because you guys knew each other yeah. so it doesn't really uh, surprised me. So you you mentioned uh, your in laws were not so fond of of that. How did you deal with that? Um, I like I've her uh, like my father in law. Um, I have a great relationship with him, and like, I would, was just, like open and honest. Like I understand. Like they're very involved with the church. Her mom's the head of a Christian school, and so it was like like I. I, I, I'm not oblivious to like where you're coming from in this thing. Um, and so I, that, that was my, like, I, I don't know. I, or you just, it wouldn't his, like, it's not their place. Like, and so I kind of knew that. Like, I knew I loved Kelsey. I knew Kelsey loved me. So at the end of the day, like, that was the, that's the number one. Uh, mm. And then, like, I, I was it, what, was there um, some sort of, Kind of friction when you know no. no he like the like her mom never mentioned anything um i just went and like had a meal with her dad and it was just like we just late we were just very transparent with each other mm. and he was like here here's where i like, understand this is like my daughter and like this person that i raised and i'm watching 
her like do this thing with this person and like you're getting everything that you want and like she has no like promise at the end of this thing and it was like like 100 like i i hear you like i need you to also like i guess understand that while harder like i am trying i'm doing like what i think is right uh like if you'll if you will trust me in this thing like we'll make it through like we're gonna be okay uh and i think it worked out so you guys but you know that's key because what you just mentioned is you had a conversation with with him where it sounds like it's like you got you, you were able to hear his side and he was able to hear your side and just kind of meet in the middle yep um and at the end of the day what really mattered was happiness everybody right mm -hmm. everybody just being together and being happy and uh, in that particular moment it's you guys were just looking and and she's she was an adult too yep. you're right at the time yep. so she had the choice to say hey no or yes yep. or you know um so that that's that's a good story that's a great story because i mean you you hear the the stories of like oh or everybody talks about like in-laws oh the in-laws right but it's it sometimes it's just a matter of having a conversation mm -hmm. um because a lot of times and maybe sometimes most of the times you know parents want their best for the kids in whatever way they think right and yep. in, in their mind and um and sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't have things, if, if anything applies to anything, life doesn't happen exactly, doesn't unfold exactly how we want it to. But then the key thing is to not say, oh, I'm just not going to talk to them again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just, that's it. These are, I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's having those conversations to understand each other and figure out a way to 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 live happy as a family so that's props to you no oh, thanks when like i just communication like is a like in i get all of this like from kelsey like it wasn't an aspect before her uh mm. but that like in whatever it is that you're like facing like it starts with communication and like because what whatever you think like the other person is like thinking it's usually not it uh and especially in like this case where it would be like if you have troubles with the in-laws, like I understand at the end of the day, like these are two people that like whatever, like all they want is the best for the, like their kid. Mm -hmm. And you probably also just want the best for their kid. Mm -hmm. So if y'all would sit down and like start there, mm -hmm. let's start with what we both want. We both want the best for this person. Where are we having a disagreement on how we get to that? Cause that's what it is. Yeah. Like one of us is doing a behavior that we think takes from, and, like, if we can just address that and, like, move on, and, like, then we'll be good to go. Uh, it, it, that, and that's in your, like, relationship with your spouse. Like, there, we look for answers in articles or whatever on, like, how you're supposed to, like, live a life. And, like, you get to live whatever life you want as long as the people around you, like, are cool with it. Like, I do think at the end of the day, that is it. Um, yeah. And so having that, like, as long as you and your people, if that's your spouse or whoever it is, like agree on whatever it is, like that's where it starts. And yes. you don't get that without like talking about it a little bit. Right, right. And if love, it's it's it maintains the 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 the, the principle, the core value of just love. You know, the how, like you mentioned, the how is we can figure that out. The how it can go many different roads, as long as it all leads to, you know, 
love, mm-hmm. you know, whatever situation that is. So that's 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 amazing. I'm glad you you brought that up because it's it's so important nowadays. Uh, sometimes it's uh, it's it, it the pro the the struggle is having that conversation. Sure. Right, and opening up and being w- vulnerable to just speaking speaking up and and. But there's like it's only going to get worse because there's not a person younger than us that didn't come up with conversations being digital. Like mm-hmm. that's the number, like if that was the first form of communication that like they have with people. And so it's only going to be like, it's hard for anyone to sit down and have an uncomfortable conversation with someone. Like let alone when you're just struggling with sitting down and having a conversation with someone. Uh, yeah. And so like that, it is a, it's a dying art. Uh, I really do think like having the ability to like talk to people. Um, and especially in, today's age where it's like it's easier to type it but it's also like everything is like polarized like shit that shouldn't be in any way like uh that manner and so like a, a really fun principle that i have like i don't i don't get into politics i don't play that game i don't watch any of it i don't i just yeah i don't don't know don't care uh when anyone wants to talk about it like starting the conversation with them whatever we're talking about with like hey you understand like both sides want what they think is right. And like the, that stops this idea of like one side being evil. Uh, and like, and whatever it most, I don't think this is an interesting, have you ever looked into like the idea of like, does evil exist? Is this? Um, in a sense, because uh, I do listen a lot to Jordan Peterson okay. and he, he mentioned one of the reasons he got into looking at everything he does was because he was, he was uh, studying like evil and uh, like all, like how how that transpires, and then that kind of led him to kind of everything he does yeah. today. So in a it's sense, just like it's a, and that's another one of like the ego things. I think it's easy to see a group or an idea that it's not the same as yours, and instead of investigating and trying to find out like well where do we where do we differ and like what does that mean. It's just easier to be like, well, that side's wrong and evil. And it's like, cool, okay, we don't have to, like, I can just push that side away. Um, yeah. And I don't, like, I don't think that there is really very much getting decided off of evil. Like, things get decided off of profit, and that may end up in some form or fashion, like, having an evil outcome. But, like, that's, it wasn't done on purpose, I really don't think, most of the time. Um, and in most, like, groups or discussions or whatever it is, if we can lose the, like, if you can lose the concept of evil and, like, just jumping straight to that conclusion and work, like, Jonathan Haidt is a psychologist. He writes a bunch of books, and he talks about this idea of starting, like, start everything with where you agree, work back. Like, Mm. here's the the idea of uh, hot topic conversation. What do we agree on? And then, like, as we layer it back, we'll start to see. And then, like, what it gets into is the whole incentives thing, usually, like, it's the way that you word it or that you put the game out there for people to play in a society. And like, that's just how we want to like navigate through it. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So you, you know, you, you guys, uh, are getting you new jobs and does, is this still in St. Angelo? Nope. So, um, I, you'd asked if I like planned on staying in St. Angelo, uh, I was dating a girl before Kelsey, and the reason that we broke up is because she wanted to move to DFW. And I was like, "There's that's not a part of my life. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's not. And I was like, I, like, 
I respect you. And I was like, I'm never going to say like, don't not do this thing for me. Like, if this is what you want to do, do it. Like, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do a long distance relationship. And I was like that. So that's like where we are. And then, and so like, it is like the place or person, whatever. Then you meet, uh, her and she was like, well, for my career, like I need to go to DFW. And it's like, well, let's go. Like, what, what are you talking about? Let's go. Uh, I'd also, right before I met her, um, a guy came in and he he played on the competitive nature that you picked up on. So I was like happy in at IT department at ASU. Um, I knew that like I didn't make a lot of money, but if I stayed the track, I would become a director. Like I, I knew the path forward. I would have a good life. They have a freaking great retirement plan. Uh, and so it was like that's a cool route of going. But this dude did sales and like sold some stuff to us, and I kind of knew him. And he was like, "Dude, you're he's like you're." You're wasting, like, your potential here. And I knew it, but I was like, yeah, but I was like, I'm having fun. Like, it's easy and all this different stuff. And he just, like, asked me how much I made. And he said, you want to double it next year? And that was like, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, well, come work for me. Like, come do sales. I did that. Um, I did, like, probably for the most part double my paycheck, but it was the worst thing, like, that I ever did. Uh, But it did, like, it allowed us to move. And, like, it got us a home. It put us where we needed to be. Um, and that's it, when you d- you called your friend to sell your home over there? Yep. Uh, no, no, no. So at this point, yeah, we, like, the whole house hacking thing, like, I'm living in a house making enough money that, like, we were able to hold, keep a home, keep it rented, and just go buy another house. Okay. Uh, and so then we're in this house. Uh, the well, I guess the big part of, like, me taking this job that I didn't like, I didn't like it so much that that is what inspired me to go get my, like, CrossFit level one. That was what made me make the, like, I was like, this sucks. I'm not happy. Um, I've made for the first time in my life, a decision more or less purely based upon money. And I was like, I will not do that anymore. Like I was uh, like, we've never made as much money as we were like that few years. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's not, not worth it. Uh, wasn't happy. And so leave that one, get the CrossFit thing, work another job while I'm coaching. Uh, and then yeah, it ends up that we have the opportunity to like take over. Mm, okay, okay. So you guys, how how long ago was was that when you move when you both moved to DFW? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. March of twenty eighteen, we moved to Granbury. Um, Kelsey was working in. I want to say at this point, I think like Plano. Oh. Uh, yeah, when like she had different jobs throughout the time, um, and like some like once it was at Crowley and once was in uh, like in Fort Worth over by like thirty, uh, but yeah, for a while it was like a two and a half hour commute, and I was having a long commute too, and so like we we're getting up at five o'clock in the morning, leaving, not getting home until like seven or eight o'clock at night, just like exhausted. We've sat in traffic for her like 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 five hours a day of traffic, uh our dogs which are like a huge part of our life literally watching their health degrade uh and like it it was bad like because they were just stuck in the house for 14 hours monday through friday they did like they weren't able to go outside they didn't do anything they just sit in the house uh and so like it we just it sucked we hated it uh but being in a bad spot like usually inspires you to go do something so that you you leave this sales job you get certified 
um, you get certified. Yep. Well, yeah, I guess see. What do we call it? Yeah. Certified and or in what you're and then you become a coach. Yeah, and so as far as uh, I got to be real careful with the CrossFit terminology today. Uh, you become a trainer. Uh, you're a CrossFit level one trainer. Trainer. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have four levels, and you're not a CrossFit coach until level three is the way that they and they're very very particular about this stuff. Uh, but so yeah, I became a level one trainer. Um, there was a gym on my commute from home to work. My second day on the job, I stopped there. I knew knew of the coach because he started at the same CrossFit gym that I did in San Angelo. Uh, and so like, Hey, like when met him, I was like, Hey, this is my name. These are the like mutual acquaintances we have. I do a class with them. Um, talking to the female coaches afterwards. And I was like, well, I, I was like, I literally just got my level one. I was like, I'm looking for a place to coach. And they're like, Oh, that's really neat. Come back and like, let's chat. So I do that. I become a coach there. Um, How long did you coach there? Uh, until we bought it was 10 months. Okay. We, I guess we entered conversations about buying it like seven or eight months into it, but by the two month part, like two months into doing it, I'm coaching probably more classes than like anyone else there. Like mm. you, like here's the, here's the thing. Like, it's okay, cool. Let me do it. I want as much experience as I possibly can. I coached like 1300 hours in the first year of doing it. And that was like, I had a job, I had a full-time job. And this is just like coaching whenever I could get around it. I loved it. Like it's all I wanted to do. Oh, so you had a job and you're coaching. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you know at the time that you wanted to maybe at some point have your own gym? Yeah. My interview with them, I sat down and I said, like, I want to be a coach here. And I was like, I don't know if this will impact you hiring me, but like, my my goal with this thing is to own a gym. Like that's why I'm getting into this, not just to be a coach. Like I want to do this thing. Um, and I was like, so I, like I guess what I'm telling you is like I won't open up next door. Like I don't plan on ever competing with y'all, but like you were helping train me in how to go do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were cool with that, which is what like led to like the conversations even starting about us like oh, okay. buying it. Uh, and so we had like a five year plan of like coaching and getting things set up and then maybe we go do this uh it was like things are things were going really well there there was the opportunity um we've been like always been like pretty financially responsible and so we had money saved i had the house so we we're able to sell do some things like take out very little money and like go go pursue this thing um i didn't like learn so many lessons right like I didn't have anyone come in and look at stuff. I didn't have anything. Like I looked at the books. I did all this different stuff, whatever. So we buy um, immediately. Like I'm not making as much money as I thought we were going to be. And then six weeks later, COVID lockdown happens. And we spend the next eight weeks longer than we were open uh, at home. Uh, And like that, that is the, like, I've done like a few things in my life. Like I've had some experiences that is the, that was the life changing moment. Um, I had done, like I'd only had success. Everything that I'd touched, like I'd been promoted, I'd been praised, like it, it all went well. Everything that I'd ever wanted, I just like basically got. And so it made sense to make the leap and go be self-employed and go do this thing. And I knew nothing about that, nothing about like what that actually meant. And then to have it stripped away to where like you can do nothing. Like you don't have a business anymore. Like can I, uh, yeah, like it, the, uh, I think that, like, 
and maybe not really noticed, but like had like depressive episodes earlier than that. But like as far as being like an anxious and like having high, high periods of anxiety and like very low periods of depression, uh, that's when it started. Mm. Uh, was it, I knew how to go do and like, just like get in the middle of something and like, now there's nothing like you can't like, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I didn't can you leave your house. I don't know my members all like, I mean, I knew everybody from coaching and stuff, but like, I don't know how to provide for, I don't know how to do like, I, I'm like, I'm just lost. Uh, and yeah, I get waking up in the morning and just like having no direction, like nothing to go do. And that had never happened to me. Like I had never had time off. Uh, and now literally have nothing but time on my hands. Uh, it was bad. Like, it was very scary. They got all the PPP loan and like idle and all this stuff that like saved people and like did all this stuff. Well, we started, we bought the gym. We started our LLC and did the purchase on February 7th. The cutoff for PPP was February 1st. And so like, I mean, I'm talking, I called bank. I explained everything that I possibly could. Like uh, we took over like an existing business. Is there something we can do with that? Like, is there... Like, is there a way that, like, and the answer is just no. Like, there's nothing that could be done. We're six days off. Uh, it's like, we got, we didn't get the relief money. Like, we didn't get help. Uh, I, not to get into specifics, but I'm talking, I made 5% of, like, the first year, maybe two years, like, I was making 10% of the money that, like, I'd been making in years past. Uh, it was, like, Tough pill to swallow. It was real tough. Like there was, I didn't know. We didn't have anybody. Like we didn't know what to do. Um, so what did you do? It showed up. Like it kept showing up. Like you just kept doing it. And luckily, uh, we got to a point. Uh, Kelsey put into the search bar of Google how to sell your gym. Like that was like we were. That's where we were. Uh, and a mentorship thing popped up. Uh, and it's called Two Brain Mentorship. Uh. And so she was like, hey, I found this thing. And I'd heard of them. And it was, I was like, I was, I was like, I was just bad. Like, i not kidding. Like, I hated everyone, everything. Like, in my mind, I, like, follow your dreams. Was, like, that's what I'd done. And, like, I was punished for it. Um, mm. And we were also, like, it was the first time of, like, doing business stuff. And there's so much stuff going on in the nation. Like, we did, a, this is, like, the polarity of things that I was interacting with. We do a workout for George Floyd, and I have members quit the gym because they don't think that that's like something that we should celebrate. We don't post a black tile for Black Lives Matter. People quit the gym because they think that we should post it. And so like both sides here, like we have people on the like far progressive side quitting and the far like conservative side. Your gym. In a gym. And I'm like, whoa, like we were talking about the polarity stuff earlier, like I, there was not a political thing that went through my mind in any of this. Like, I don't, like, to each their own, I don't know how as a business, like, it would have helped anybody like me doing the tile. Like, I've never even had the thought. Like, we have a diverse group. There's there's not a person that's never been, like, unwelcome at our gym. Like, it's not a way that I think. Um, the George Floyd thing, I thought what happened was, like, a tragedy. Someone made a workout. Someone brought it to our attention. Yeah, let's, let's like, let's put it on the board. Uh, it's like it. It, like we're starting to see things like that. Um, I had friends who were like my friends, like we went out and ate with them and they were members of the gym when then we become the owners and you don't give them special treatment and they quit and, or they tell, they start making rumors about how uh, like you've changed and like all this stuff. 
and it's, that was like it was tough like we lost friend group we lost like everything uh i'd never experienced death in 2020 i lost both my grandpas uh and like pretty quick secession and like everything in my life was like just on fire but so yeah i'm i'm done like i, I was in a really bad spot and i didn't even like know it uh so she finds this deal she does a call with them because i don't i'm not i'm like no i'm not doing it um does a call with them she really likes it has me get on a call with them and i'm just pissed at the guy like i'm mad at the world and i'm just like trying to understand how they're going to help me and the when we bought the gm they had already done one of these programs and i knew that it went really poor and so I keep trying to like make comparisons to these two groups. And finally the guy goes, hang on a second. He stops the recording and he's like, I don't do this. He's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't want it to ever be recorded that like I'm saying bad stuff about this other place or whatever. He's like, I don't know anything about them except for the fact that we're nothing like them. And he was like, I'll be very clear with you. Like if that's what you're hung up on, we can stop the call and like, we don't ever have to do this. But like, I'm telling you that we're not them. And so we can move past that or like whatever. And he's like, put me in my place. Uh, and I liked that. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> all right. Uh, and so we started working with them. Uh, it uh, it cost a amount of money that we didn't have, but like we were already in trouble. So I was like, all right, let's do this thing. Uh, not advisable uh, as far as financial advice, but we took a credit card and we swiped that thing and we started rocking and rolling. Uh, and it helped. Like that's what that's why we're still here now. Um, mm. They put different things into play they just teach you how to run a business and just change the mindset of what you were talking about earlier uh i i go to bed and like i I, i'm able to wake up and like work the way that i do because i truly think that we help people um like i I don't think there's a person out there that won't benefit from some sort of like exercise or nutrition i personally think that the way that we do it is like i try very hard and like i know other places do it's not take away from them but I know that what we do works and I've seen it happen. And so I'm very proud of that. And like, that is I'm, at the end of the day, I'm helping people. And that's what I'm, I'm talking to myself about, but they help you understand that like your help requires getting paid like a certain amount. Um, and that if you'll do things to be able to help pe- people quicker, if you can help them quicker and if you can help them better, then like you can charge more. And like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're only interested in money. It means that you're interested in like helping people do a certain thing. So it helps you to start figuring out like who are your clients that come into the gym. So now instead of beating yourself up, we're not the cheapest gym. And so instead of feeling bad that we can't have everyone come in because some people just like actually can't afford it. Well, cool. We're going to pursue people that can, but we're also going to open up and we do two free hours like in the gym every week. If you don't have to pay a thing, if you're in the area, you want to come by and work out. It's at this time, like you come do it. And so I could cool. Like they help you understand and like be able to utilize and do things like that. Um, push different levers yes how to how to turn different levers um i and like this isn't a a slide against like crossfit or a bunch of the different like there's a bunch of very successful crossfit gyms that all they talk about and like when you go get certifications all they talk about is like just be a great coach if you'll be a great coach like people will come that is i don't think true uh like you have to be a good coach, but then you also have to be able to tell people about that. Like you have to be able to tell people that you're a great coach and like without just being like, I'm the best coach. Like, yet I, and like, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, but what it just helped me in realizing, like, I'm not going to convince every person to come to the gym. I'm not going to try to convince you to come to the gym. If you have a problem related to health and fitness and like, you're open to talking to me about it, I can solve it. Like 
if you're willing to work with me, like we will fix the problem because most of the problems come down to like nutrition and exercise. And there's like no one that I have worked with yet has had to go do something more dire. Like if you've done those things and like applied it correctly, whatever the result is you want, you got, uh, and I don't have any secrets. I'm not a, I'm not an information, uh, person. Like, it's just seeing where people make mistakes. It's what you talked about earlier. It's I I have expertise in this thing. I have dieted for 10 years. I have exercised for 10 years through different careers, through moving, through being a traveling person. Like you, I don't know the best way to work out, but I know the best way to get it in every day. And that's what matters. Um, and that's where you can help people. I can I own a business now. I have a kid. Like the, the excuses, the things that are like keeping people out of the gym, like, not I'm not calling you out on having an excuse like it's a viable thing but someone can help you overcome it and that's what the expertise is um yeah. is is like that's hey, a I, value I have and it's what you talked about earlier I can google this thing and go out and try to learn it or I can just go talk to the expert you can walk the same path it took me 10 years or we can get there in one mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you don't have to take this I took a two-year detour down this road and I learned some stuff but you don't have to do it we just take my lessons. Just take the lessons and let's move on this other way. And I think, like, I think a few things come into that. One, you mentioned investment a lot. Like, there's got to be the 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 switch in your brain of like what money is and what it's actually like useful for. Um, and like, if you believe that having money is your ability to grow more money, then like investing is all you like. That's all you think. Um, how what can I buy to like to get time to get resources whatever it is. Um, versus like. Money is how I buy pleasure. Money is how I compare myself to other people. And that's why I need to drive. I got to drive this car. I live in a, I live in a rent home, but I have a hundred thousand dollar car. And it's like, man, uh, you're sending a weird signal. Uh, I think it, 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 it points out the priorities. Yes. Uh, so we have to view money as an investment to even go down that route. But I also didn't understand the value of expertise until, like, I became an expert in something. Mm. Um, Four years ago, three years, whatever, like, coaching, I thought that I was, like, an incredible coach. And, like, I had these few little things that I wanted people to do. And, like, it was basically, like, I'm going to teach you how to go to the brink of death in a workout and, like, come back from that. Like, I knew how to have people work out very, very hard. Uh, That's not a very useful tool, like, for a little while. Um... But having an expertise of, like, we train 85-year-old people. I yesterday trained a 13-year-old, like, autistic kid. Like, it once you get away from trying to be fancy and just understanding, like, we're, we're, I just, we want to move our bodies. And, like, depending upon your ability to do that, like, we can continue to go, like, add layers of complexity or whatever. Uh, that's what it is. Like, why do we do different things? You don't do handstand push-ups because like it makes you live longer. Like people do handstand push-ups because they needed a challenge to stay like involved in the gym. Like when things get boring at a level of skill and now it's like you just open a whole new door of like fun. Uh, That's like, that's expertise. Like that's understanding when intermittent fasting is like actually helpful. And when you just read an article and like you think it sounds cool because it'll make you lose weight. Uh, Like, you don't until until you are an expert like you don't know it like i you if you to go look at uh the presentation of y'all's like youtube channel like the way that it looks 
it's just like, oh, you just go do that. Like, cool, go put up 10 videos and make them look the way and like lay out the way that they do. And like, it's not easy. There is an expertise to putting the thumbnail in a certain location and to putting it in a, in a certain way. And the way that you like, the words that are like are used in the description and whatnot, it, all of these things matter, but you don't, until you have a, a like, until you have an expertise, you can't see expertise. I don't think like, yeah. If if like you just see it, a, you see it at a certain level. Yes, yes. I uh, I I couldn't agree with you more on that because I think it also, I think going through those struggles teaches you compassion. Yeah. Um, where you understand that hard things don't come easy, and when somebody's struggling, you can you can meet them where they're at versus judging for example oh no that's you know you putting whatever labels or picking whatever scenario and putting them in a file cabinet in your brain like oh no this is just this versus having compassion to understand to sit there and and listen to somebody what they what it is that they need because i'm sure you 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 talk to people with all in, in different levels of of fitness or or health where they're so you have to in a sense kind of meet them mm-hmm. where they're at and um and and it takes compassion yeah um and, and that that takes that takes time you have to kind of for some people in maybe for some people it may come more natural depending on on how they grow up but i think most of the time for most people it comes with your own struggles and you know once you're you figure out how to get through that, to get past that. And, and usually with that comes struggles. And then that I feel like compassion is, is it's it more than anything. It teaches you compassion to, to understand and others and be able to even the feedback you get. It's like, Oh, they just, they just don't know. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they just don't know. And the people that that have, like you mentioned, the people that have reached a certain level of expertise, it's probably uh, it probably didn't just, you know, come out of nothing. I don't think there's any like there's no expert that has since like struggled more than you could ever imagine. Like that's how you become the expert. Like uh, you don't just like there's not. It's if you've ever read a book and thought you like learned something and then you go try to apply it and you're like, oh, that that's a whole new thing. Like, mm-hmm. like going and doing it and like that and like making mistakes and understanding the path to not take. Like, that's one of the bigger things is like starting to learn what to just not do. Like, there's no shortage of like health tips on the internet and like you should just not do most of them. Like, just do these few things and don't do other things and you'll be good. Uh, but to speak to the compassion part, yeah especially in the beginning of like anything, all you can see is your perspective. And so what I knew gave me results was to like only eat whole foods. And so you want to come work with me on nutrition and like you don't cook any meals at home. But my first step is to start trying to convince you how to go meal prep and do all this different stuff. Like we've jumped a thousand levels forward. I don't realize that, but this person goes out and struggles and struggles and struggles. They're doing their absolute best. And all I see is that like they're not doing anything at all. Uh, and so every week when it comes back to view, instead of seeing the small changes that they were making and like, Hey, that's awesome. Like, let's keep making these small progressions. 
it was always like, well, you ate this and you ate this and you ate this and you ate this and we have to stop doing these things. And like, we weren't having results and not very many people stayed on with my nutrition coaching. Uh, and you take a step back and you start like looking at the data and looking at this different stuff. And I have started a whole new approach out of nowhere. I was like, I'm going to work with people and for the first four weeks, we're just going to remove an item. And so like I started doing that. Okay, let's sit down, track all your food. Let me see it. I look at the worst offender and it's like, hey, for the next week, try to not do that. And it's like, okay. And it's like, what about other stuff? Like, no, 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 don't worry about anything else. Eat whatever you want. Just don't eat this thing. And they're like, okay. And it comes back and it's like pretty good. And it's like, cool. Keep not eating that. Don't eat this. And you keep doing that. And after a few weeks, like they've given up more than they ever thought that they would as far as of a diet. Um, but it didn't, it wasn't painful because it was just like a one little thing at a time. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, and so you learn that thing and you just start, you start picking up on different ways to like learn and interact with people. Uh, yeah. Cause I feel like, uh, it's, it's like one of the hardest things it, to change your lifestyle. It's, it's basically you're changing your habits, right? So, uh, when, when you change, when, when changing your habits, it's not like, oh, I'm going to try a new, a new thing. The, the, trying the new thing, it's not the biggest challenge I feel. I feel like, and just speaking from personal experience, I feel like the biggest struggle, it's not doing what you've done the past several years, yep. breaking that. Yep. Not when, doing. Not doing. Yes. And then once, and, and, you know, as you start developing better habits and it's like you start that's when it, and it's all slowly, right? It's not like, oh, you're going to come take a, a nutrition class and, you know, by next week you're going to be an expert. It takes time because you have to break those old habits and learn to incorporate these new habits. And if these new habits and the old habits and new habits affect everybody at home, well, you know, it's not just you. It's, it's also everybody else at home. So that that's... That's a huge. Yep. That's a lot of habits, uh, and so. And it's hard to do that alone. And oh, it's, for sure. It's it's hard to do it alone, and which is where, that's where the value is with a coach is not only just the, the 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 their knowledge, but it's also like the accountability and you know coming back and and checking in and and uh, almost like you mentioned at some point you, you didn't have a direction. It's having a direction. Yep. Yeah, have it knowing that at least the direction you should be walking. Like, that's such a big part of it. Uh, Jonathan Haidt, uh, the guy I mentioned earlier, as far, um, that's an author. He wrote a book called The Happiness Hypothesis. And in the beginning of it, he talks about the idea of um, how your brain works. And so your subconscious is like what, uh, not your subconscious, your prefrontal cortex is what like, that's the voice you hear. And that's the, like the thoughts and planning and different stuff. That is the like executive control. And if you're not careful, you can convince yourself that that's like the part of your brain that controls everything, but it's really not. That's the writer when you have all these older parts of your brain. And so like, if you look at the human brain, it all starts at your brainstem. And that's actually like the oldest formation. As far as evolution goes, that's where the brainstem goes. And as a human, like we've continued to add like, new parts and that's why we're like differentiated but the last part was the prefrontal cortex this matters as far as like our behaviors as well and so the rider and the elephant when you go to india and you watch people ride on elephants it appears as if the guy on top of the elephant is the one guiding it 
But if at any point that elephant decided to go a direction that it wanted to go or do something, it's going to do that thing. Like the rider cannot stop the elephant. Mm -hmm. And so that is your brain and your behaviors. We can look and decide I'm going to do a diet and I'm going to lay it all out. And here's the things that need to happen. And when I need to cook my food and like you're laying out the habits that need to happen for you to be able to go do this thing. The rider is fully into it. They're ready to rock and roll. And you start going with it. The rider's cool. He wants to do this thing. But the elephant remembers all these old habits that used to be here. It takes him a lot longer to like move over. And so you are fighting the, the thing that wants to do it. And the thing that's reasonable is like, yeah, we can go do this thing. But all these old habits, this elephant won't allow it to happen. Like, it's like, no, 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 I can't move that fast. Like you're trying to do so much more than like I'm ready to do. And this creates a struggle. And that's why people get so, it's so easy to get amped up and read something or do something and be like, yes, I'm starting this. But then once you start doing it, it's so hard because like the executive control is in. We're ready to do this thing. The The CEO has made a decision for the company. The thousand employees though are like, they got to go out and get it done. Like you got to give them time to like for everybody to catch up. And that like that idea, it, it helped me a lot in, in deciding like, because I don't know how many times you've done it. I've done it a thousand times in my life of you learn something, or you see something. I want to go do this thing. I want to complete this project. You can be super excited and write it all out and it's all there. And then you, the execution parts, what's freaking hard about it. Uh, and that is the, that's the rider and the elephant. Like that is um, doing that. And so viewing the rider as a, like, I don't like the word manipulation, but like you just try to coerce the elephant and try to trick it. Like you start adding in like one little thing and like the, like the elephant can do one and like you just keep keep adding mm, on to it that i love that i it's, love that it's analogy. really cool it's it's helped like it helped me a lot it puts it into perspective and in a sense it kind of takes some weight off your shoulders mm -hmm. like understanding that even before you start like hey this this is this is a route but i i know i'm gonna hit some bumps i know there's gonna be you know uh hills and valleys and in this road that i'm gonna have to learn to navigate through to get to the other side yeah. Um, and I, I love that analogy. Actually, it, it makes a hundred percent sense, and it, it does add a layer of perspective, uh, a different way to see things um, in life. I well, like the first time I started exercising, I didn't just from that point on continue. Like I would stop at times and take months off or whatever, and then you get back going. And with diets, you would be really strict for a while, and then you start adding in some other stuff. And before you know what you're eating, all willy nilly or whatever, and like. Uh, people view that as like, oh, they tried an exercise routine or they tried a diet and they failed and they quit and like, I just can't do that. And it's like, no, like the majority of people in our gym even like, I bet this isn't their first attempt. Like I know from talking to most of them, it's not. Like this is their fifth or sixth time in trying to do something. And like one, we understand that's so we have the accountability piece and that's like the, the big difference in how we keep people going along. But uh, like that's everyone's path and everyone's like transition. Like, you you try to do way too much in the beginning and you fail at it but maybe hopefully you learn like a few aspects of it so the next time you come in you try to do it again you already have this core and so you just get to like add to it before long like all these behaviors start matching up um yeah however if i had done all of that stuff from the beginning with like a, an actual coach then i probably wouldn't have had to do all of that like, not as many not as many times like i would have i would have known why it is that i'm doing it how to make it more sustainable and like keep just keep pushing forward Definitely. What a lot of times, what I when I think about it, it's like uh, like three kinds of thinking, right? Like or three kinds of people. It's one, um, you want to do something, 
and somebody tells you, hey, don't do this, this, or this, and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do what they said, and I'm not going to do it. Okay, good. That's one, you know, that's, that's, that's somebody I would consider, like, smart, right? And then there's the other person that's like, okay, well, you just told me this. I don't know. I'm going to go test it. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sure, sometimes. Uh, I'm going to go test it out. And then they discovered, yeah, I shouldn't have done what they said. And then and then they don't do it again. Okay, yeah. I learned my lesson. Now you know for sure. You, oh, I see. Right. I see why we don't do it. Oh, that. I see. Okay, <laughs> now I know. And then there's a the other person that it's like they, they've been told, they've done it, but then they continue doing it. Well, that's a big, like, I don't know if you've ever heard or seen it's like, like it's fine to fail, but like quitting is like the the bad part. If it's mm-hmm. like what you want to do, mm-hmm. um, yes, and because there are like that's the the tough part. Um, when you're beginning something new, like you, you're gonna like you have to have the failures. Like if it, and there's the, I guess like it's like walking. I feel like a lot of times I bring it to the analogy of walking. It's like you didn't you weren't just born, um, and you know even I see it now with my daughter. You you weren't just born learning how to walk or when you took a few steps it's not like oh yeah but i got I took my first two three steps now i'm good i'm never gonna fall again you know kids fall thousands of times before they can walk without falling down yeah. um and so i think that a lot about life um it's like you're gonna fall a lot because you weren't born an expert so the, the key is are you gonna get up and try it again until you figure out how not to fall, make those fall again in, in, in that aspect, right? So it's um, it's it's funny, like a lot of things kind of come in full circle and a lot of things kind of like they just, the, 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 the perspectives, I guess, you know, a lot of different things kind of come in full circle where it gives you a perspective of, oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and that's like just... And interesting, like when it comes to coaching, like uh, one of the kids that I train is in high school and we've worked together like three times a week for the past four years or whatever. Um, And so he like he was young enough and like he wanted to be like an athlete. And so we just had the conversation of like not for some people when you were bringing him into the gym, like every day the goal is to be fun. And like he has a brother that comes in. I was like, your brother's goal, like it is for him to have fun when he comes in here. Like if you want to do this thing, like our goal is to get fit. Like we need to do these things. And so he was like, he was in. And you, I taught him concepts. And there were, it got to a point where he's such a good learner that some of the ways that I understood concept was because like, I played too far to one edge and like failed or messed up or whatever. And so now that's why I have this concept because I understand what's on each side. He understood the concept so well, but he had never seen like either end. So then we had to start making adjustments to where I had to like set him up for failure just to be like, Hey, that's why we do this other thing. And you see like the light and it's like, Oh, okay. And so there is like for, Mm. for he, he, he's on the fast path. Like he, he was able to get so much more athletic so quickly. Like he was a not when a year difference, like the kid was completely changed. Uh, but then after that, for him to continue to be a robust person, like now I have to introduce the failure. Like, you know, the concepts, but you don't know why. And like, Mm. you need to now know that. Uh, and so I just thought that was, that's that's a a cool part of it. Cause however, regardless, uh, you gotta mess up. Like you gotta. Yeah, you it's gotta part do of the part. process. Yeah. It's the it's the the quitting that then that that that's that the quitting. It's basically the death yep. of whatever endeavor. 
But then also, if you're going to quit something, just do it. Like, quit it. Like, be done with it. Like, don't make it a good thing. Like, you shouldn't quit exercise. You shouldn't quit. Yeah, I have to work. Yeah, there's like certain things you have to do, right? But like, I guess if it was just like, if there's a behavior that you do that you don't like or your relationship or something that you don't like, like, then just quit. Like, don't think twice about it. Uh, it is like quit or don't quit. Like, those are the two. Don't dabble. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes, makes, makes complete sense. So, um, your struggles with opening the gym. So uh, I'm actually very interested in that because I feel like uh, most people maybe would have just thrown the towel, not because, oh, I mean, there's hardships all the time, but that was such a unique time in life where uh, a lot of people had to figure out, like, what is a pandemic? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, uh, the whole world? Like, not just my home, not just my community, not just my city, not just my state, not just my country, like the world. Um, and, and having to stop and figure out how to live in, in this uncertainty. We don't know how long, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to take. You know, we, we know nothing. And the fact of knowing nothing that creates uh, some sort of chaos in a sense because and you know because you don't know um and in part particularly for you that you guys are eight months into being gym owners and you know you're adjusting to this new lifestyle you're learning these you know figure like getting your gym together i'm sure you have plans of hey i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna grow it whatever and then you come at a hard stop so you guys, I'm sure you guys were had to close the gym down. Yep. So yep. what do you guys do while the while the gym is closed? I know I know uh, your wife googled for kind of get some help. Yeah, and so that was like that was way like a year and a half after. Oh, that. after. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. Okay. Uh, and so in this period, um, we rent out like all the equipment in the gym. Like if you remember, you got to come get equipment to go home, and then we would put out um, we would put out workouts for people to do at home and like leave it to where whatever equipment they have, they could like utilize it, but we're doing our best. And like, I would be, try to be available if people wanted to call and chat or whatever. Uh, honestly, like it was tough because I didn't know what I was doing and what direction to go. Um, One of the, like we've had community, like not community, we've had people issues that come, that's part of business. Like that's something that's going to happen, especially when like in the beginning, we, our hearts were way too open in like some aspects, uh, like a vulnerable, like leaving yourself open to be hurt. Um, but so we ran out of the equipment. Honestly, what I like, I was, uh, it's, I have videos. Like I, I worked out, like I've trained a bunch. Uh, Kelsey and I had literally started the whole food or whole 30, like right before it happened. And we just carried it on. Um, and so while the world is shut down, like, we both got in like I think it was one of the best shapes like I've ever been like I I mentally a wreck like not good but and it's funny because I, well, I was laughing I have videos of me like doing workouts and stuff and I'll go start the camera and it's the saddest person you've ever seen looking into the camera and they go to do it like workout stuff uh but like it's it's good like I like looking back at it because it's like oh man like wow you have a tough day you go look at that and it's like ooh, there's nothing compared to those like those were bad ones um so we yeah we just woke up and like kept doing it every day and doing what we could. We got to reopen. We lost like all the coaches, and so now all of a sudden like I'm 
I'm, I would wake up at 3.30 in the morning, get in the car, drive to the gym, coach everything, shut down at 8, leave the gym by like 8.30. I would get home a little bit after 9, go to bed at 10, wake up at 3.30 the next day, Monday through Friday. And so like it was just just work. Um, and I'd love to say that like I just had this like idea that I would just keep plugging away and like I didn't know what else to do. Like I would just go to work and everything. But also to start look like I was looking for other jobs. Like I, I was like, man, I'm gonna have to do something. Uh, and luckily, throughout the first little bit, anytime I would start actively like pursuing getting another job, something good would happen to the gym, and it, like we'd have an inju- injection of cash that I was like, okay, I can at least like, I know that we're gonna eat for a little while, and so like, I can go back to trying to focus on this thing. Um, and that was the path for a long time until the like the mentorship, and that mm-hmm. that helped us establish a um a a sales process of like how people find the gym call the gym interact with the gym come meet the gym like uh we used to just like i would basically not talk to you that much and just be like cool come try class like we'll see if you'll make it to the point of where now like real conversations bringing them in and like we sat down like this and like i i reversed the roles of what we're doing here like tell me about you like why are you here what are we doing um, getting to know a person, letting them know that like we're this is a people place, not a gym place. Like, um, we're gonna like we're interested in you as a human, and like let's 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 go about it that way. I'm not I'm not trying to get you to rip your hands on the pull-up bar or be able to walk upside down. Like, just like come in, like trust us, come do this thing. And so that's cool. Like that that helped us a lot in getting people started. We started a um after that like a everyone starts with personal training. So instead of just coming in and getting thrown into class, your first two hours are one-on-one with a coach. And it's it reduces the amount of so – you're going to be sore after your first time. So it reduces the amount of soreness. You're not a stranger in a room full of people doing strange movements and strange words and all this different stuff. So that helped. Like, okay, that helps, like, our entry process. Uh, put a big emphasis on, like, hiring coaches and putting into our coaches and, like, making sure that they uh, are continuing to, like, be educated. But more than, like – are they having fun? Are they having a good time at their job? And like coaches come and go, and that's that's part of it as well. Uh, that was really helpful. Um, we changed some of our like personal training rates. We changed some of our nutrition rates to be more just like reflective of the work that we were doing. Uh, Sounds like you were giving more value to that. You, you were you were you were investing. Sorry, in the people you were getting. You were figuring out ways of how how to help people ease into a whole different lifestyle. I'm glad you said that word. Cause I do think that's the biggest, like I, even before meeting them, we have a client who's a very successful businessman. And I asked him if I could take him to lunch one day. Uh, and like I sat down and I told like, and I meant this when I said it, like, I don't want to sell people. Like I want you to want to come to the gym. And he was basically like, you better stop that. Like, like you have to sell yourself. Like that's what you have. Like you, you, whether you want it to or not, like you may not know this, but that's the job that you just got into. And so like, you're not a coach. Like you need to, like, you got to sell people on the gym. Uh, and I struggled with that. Uh, and that was like the, the big part of where I think that the mentorship came in and helped a ton was Mm. like, like, no, no, no. Like you just have it bad in your head. Like, 
you are you have to pursue and like actively pursue trying to help these people and like you just get paid for it and like that's the that's just how it works like you don't mm. you can't support your family you don't get to continue to go out and do these things like if if you truly think that you're helping people then you owe it to them to like make it sustainable for yourself and the way that we were doing it was not sustainable uh so that was very helpful in just like changing how you view certain things like i wanted i wanted to help to the point of where like i would discount my service and if we had done that for too long i wouldn't have been able to stay there and now i helped zero people uh and so it is like i used to hear coaches or people say like spartan race is the thing of like i want a million people to rent to run our race because that means they got off the couch and went and ran the race and when i first used to hear that i'm like no you want a million people to buy your tickets like it's all about money and it's like no like they like will they get paid for that like a hundred percent because they're providing an excellent value to people and so find out what your value is and then like charge for that value like they no one is putting a gun to their head and like making them go run that spartan race Spartan has just done such a good job and made such a compelling thing that they're like, no, I want to go run that obstacle course race. And it's enough of a uh, motivation to get up from like the lifestyle that they were living and like start walking to running to go do obstacle course stuff. And it's just like the same happens in CrossFit and any of these different things. But so two brain, like that was one of the, that's one of the best things that like ever happened to our business. And like, uh, we're still with them today. Uh, talk to our mentor on Wednesday or Thursday and like it it's awesome like they they've they own gyms they've done it like they're they're very successful in what they do and like it's just really cool uh like coaches need coaches like we we are actively getting coaching like didn't know how much I needed it until like you needed it I had yeah I realized that I have an expertise and then you got to start seeing that in other people and it's like oh okay yeah like do I have to pay? I pay them every month and like, it's not a cheap amount, but I know like I write that check and know that like it, it's like, okay, every time I write that check, I double, like I double that back to me. So it's like, yeah. And you, it's tough for a while. Like you do it for a while before you make any money, but it's like, believe in it. The second thing, like, and I think that this will be, I think that this influences and like, will continue to push the direction that our gym goes. Uh, Kelsey being, in psychology and like she is a counselor now that's what she does is uh therapy with people we always had the idea of like at some point having a facility that did both mental and physical like come in and like do therapy and a part of the therapy is exercise and like having this whole thing and like it'd be like it's really cool idea and so because of that and then um my dad and his dad were both um alcoholics and so I grew up going to AA meetings. And so like addiction was something that like I at least was aware of. I knew that it was around. Um, right when we first started the gym, uh, this dude comes in. And he's got tattoos all down his arms. His neck's all tatted up. He's got face tattoos. And uh, his name's Campbell Lillard. Uh, you should look him up on Instagram. He's an awesome guy. But he came in. He was like, hey, I work for this organization called The Phoenix. We're in sobriety. Uh what we look for is organizations where we can come in and do like a free workout for people who are clean and sober. And so the only cost to come do it is be 48 hours clean. If you're 48 hours sober, you can come work out. And so we do that every Friday at six, but it started with him and it started there. Um, and so this Phoenix organization, we partnered with him in doing this and we meet one of their uh, like directors and he ends up becoming a part of the gym and then he ends up becoming a coach. Uh, 
and like our our partnership with the Phoenix continues to like grow. We we do other things with them. Um, they like rent out our venue for uh their New Year's Eve party every year. Like it, it's a cool thing that like we built. But he goes on, um, and while he's with the Phoenix, like he used to go talk to different organizations and different things. We he finds um this organization that works with um teens who have addiction issues, and he partners uh, or gets me in touch with them. I go out there and speak once and we talk about like, Hey, they, maybe they can come out and come to the gym. And so they start making visits out to the gym. Well, then that grows to me going out and seeing them. And so now multiple times a week, I go to the boys campus. We have a female coach, Ashley, that goes to the girls campus, but we're going out and we're getting to bring fitness to them and a couple of times a month. Actually tomorrow they'll be coming to our gym. Uh, and so I've gotten to coach, but now I get to go give to like these people who I think need it the most. Everybody needs exercise. But if you're a young person who's already running into the like struggles of drugs, there's like, I don't think there's anything more powerful that you could get into than exercise. Like what you are currently chasing is a way that like you want brain chemicals. You're trying to chase this feeling and exercise will give you a lot of the same feelings. We just have to like make that transition. And so I try to really work with them on that stuff. It's very rewarding, but it also helps the gym a lot. Um, and so through that partnership, we've now added three other like locations that I go to off site. And so I go work with teens that have addiction issues. I get to go work with teens that have behavioral issues. Like I mentioned, um, from this point forward, I'll work with a uh, autism division. I'm about to start working with adults who have uh, addiction issues. And it, we were able to so much quicker than I thought it doesn't look the way that we had planned, but we're getting to do what I wanted to do. And we're getting to take the physical side of mental health and like mm. understand that this won't fix every problem that you have. But I promise, like if you'll add this into your life, like especially while you're in these locations and take it out from here, like this can be like your uh, linchpin. Like this can be the thing that holds everything together that grounds you. Uh, it's just been successful. Like we just, we're watching it work and uh, it's really cool. And I really think that that, We'll continue to have, like, we have personal training on site. We're going to continue to have a location. But I think that, like, through these partnerships, that we'll continue to be able to go out and, like, service who, in my mind, like, the populations who need it just the most, like, the most. Yeah. That is, uh, that is very impressive. And that is what we need a lot today. Uh, I mean, I don't know the number exactly, but I know that uh, suicide is all-time high yep. right now. And especially in teens. Uh, and it like it, it's so much of it has to do with like what we're wrapped up in our self image and all these different things that we see and no, like exercising will not immediately make you look a certain way, but it takes that stupid voice out of your head. And like, it makes you realize that like you are proud of who you are and what you are. And like, you don't even have to look a certain way. Like, it's just like, it gives you the strength and like, cause you know that you're putting in the work and like, that's where I think some, like, at least for myself, where I start to get in a lot of issues is when like, I know I'm not doing the work. Uh, like when mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I need to rest a little more than usual. I, I can't take on this task today or I need to wait on this until tomorrow and do that for enough days. And yeah, like you've conditioned yourself to see things and put them off. You have this pile of things that keep coming up because you've been putting them off and like yeah now all of a sudden you're stressed out because like you've allowed this thing to be built up uh and so it's just i, I think it I, it's so helpful i i love it because you know even earlier we mentioned how 
like the impact of like, for example, taking it back when you were working in IT, the environment you were in. So now you guys are bringing the environment to these people. Yep. Maybe they have never been exposed. They may, like you mentioned, you had no idea of like, you know, the, all these other things as all, we, all of us experience in life. I mean, we don't, we're not born knowing everything, yep. right? So it's what you guys are doing is huge for the community because you are bringing this environment to the kids. You guys are bringing maybe that aha moment. Uh, and, and maybe that, Maybe they may not fully realize it right now to the fullest, uh, but you you guys are essentially changing lives. Trying. And like what I was saying to hopefully try to temper how much praise was in that, like where it, like what, find a problem, like what are you, like there's so many problems in the world and like we're so good at talking about them on social media and doing all these different things. If you're like, what I found is if you'll find a problem and like, if you can actually like go start trying to help it. And like, I'm not in any way tricking myself that like will like necessarily change the entire world, but like changing one of these kids, that means that like they stay clean and sober and that gives them the chance to go out and then influence another kid who's struggling with addiction. Like that train can keep going and like that can like have quite a bit of a rippling effect. Uh, but more than any of that, I've like, I've found the thing that I think that I can do to help like move it. And I really focus on that. And what that means is that I have way less time to focus on all this shit that like, I can't do anything about like very few conversations in our home about what's coming up in the upcoming presidential election or what's going on in the Ukraine and Russian war. Like the prices of eggs. Yeah. Or... I don't know. I like <laughs> we buy eggs. Like I know that every week when I go to the grocery store, I'm going to keep buying them. Like Regardless whatever, the, yeah, whatever it says on there, like I'm going to keep doing that thing. Uh, and so like you don't like, if you're right now worried about like way too many things, like just focus on one of them, like really try to go make a difference in that. Uh, mm. And it like, it's, it is tough. Cause like in part of that, it's way less about the coaching. It's way less about like showing up with a smiling face and like trying like being a person that like can influence them or whatever. And like that, it's not easy. Like you'll find out real quickly that uh, it's a lot harder to show up and like do that stuff. And it, I don't know, it's just another one of those things that I think it, it changes your perspective and it makes you view other items a lot more generously. And it goes back to compassion. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. It, it makes you a more compassionate person. Like, Oh, like that person actually m is doing a lot. Um, and so it's, it's cool, but it's, it's also neat that these populations that we're going to work with, like they have found themselves in a place that they did not want to be. Um, like life has dealt them a hand that they were not prepared for. And like, it got them in a lot of trouble. They, for the most part, like, hopefully they're at rock bottom and, like, they're so, like, receptive to exercise and, like, all these different things that, like, will pull them back out of that. And it's, like, to everyone else, like, don't wait for that moment. Like, don't wait for the call from your doctor that, like, you have a heart condition or, like, that this thing is going on. Like, it's just, if you'll just start doing the work now, like, it, it makes it so much easier. Sadly, like, most people need the moment. Uh you got to find yourself in a rehab. You got to find yourself in a whatever it is in the doctor's office, like before you can start doing those different things. I love it. So one of one of the other than than just running a gym, you 
have you impact the community in so many different levels, such as, you know, going and working with all with the community, essentially, and you offer free classes for for those that maybe can't afford it. So you guys are literally leaders of the community because it's 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 such an important it's 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 so huge today uh, i mean there's there's so many of us there's so many humans but not not everybody's out there to help others mm-hmm. um you know for whatever reasons may oh well you know one of the you know we're so a lot of us are so into like our own problems our own that we can't really see past that which if if you start like i said if you start focusing on on like your like getting your mental your your body once you start feeling well you can start impacting other small areas starting with one at a time like you mentioned and that 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 is so admirable like you know having all having options at the end of the day having options for everyone and and doing it in at a level where it's sustainable to continue doing it and growing it um that is that that is, that is so impressive and and you, and that's not even accounting like and me saying that and like the struggles you had to go through to get to where you you know you, you the the machine is finally running and yeah. you know going and moving moving and and touching people um cuz at the end of the day that that's it right like touching yep. people uh you know, even like I, I hear it from, you know, a lot of moms uh, that, you know, their kids, they just want to be like from school to home to their video games. And like, that's it. Like no outside interacting uh, or much less human interacting. And um, and and COVID was such an eye opening, I feel like for a lot of people, uh, eye opening and. You know, even uh even like eye opening in a sense that some people like were able to see it and for others if they weren't if they didn't really have a strong foundation some people were are broken mm-hmm. you know and and maybe are still trying to recover from that whole chaos right and so this is where people like you come into play to kind of get everybody back in a rhythm where we can just work together and and work towards a goal not look backwards or oh no I can't do this oh no more so hey let's let's work on this let's let's move past it and let's grow better let's grow together yeah um and I don't have any unfortunately I don't have any like data of what it looked like pre-covid really I got six weeks that's not enough uh I know it was speaking of like what happened to people during the pandemic? I do have hope. Like I used to think that we hadn't seen the end of like what the lockdown and everything meant, but I think like it's maybe like, I think we're maybe getting to the tail end of it. And so I say that as 2021, 2022, the people that came in to the gym and like to talk to me, broken people, like uh, you could read it on them. Like you could see, like you could feel the stress, like you could see it in the way they moved and all these different things. And that the level of people coming in like that is lower like mm. across the board like it it like it raised the level of everyone like 
no one didn't feel something during that time. Uh, I think for some people it was uh, like depending upon what you were involved in or what you were doing, like the level was higher. Uh, but I, like I watched broken people come in, and like we're we are at least seeing it seems less of that, like um, which is good. Yeah. But it, yeah, I don't know. It's it, uh, it well, you know, it, it it the thing too. Well, let me ask you this: like, what do you, how how do you cultivate? the the culture in your gym like how do you how do you nurture it so that because you're you and kelsey are not the only members or the only uh uh, trainers at the gym right so you have other trainers and so you know it in a sense like it's 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 a culture it's a community so what do you and kelsey do to cultivate that that community the, the trainers that ultimately kind of waters down to everybody else. So starting with like the staff, like our other trainers is coaching them and allowing them to know like what our, what the ultimate vision is and like what we're trying to do in the gym. And like, to put an example, I want like at a base level, you obviously have to know like body mechanics and how to help someone like move better. But we don't need to, I'm going to say some like fancy words, you don't need to focus as much on like helping someone have a perfect power snatch as much as you need to make sure that like they like are coming into the gym five times a week or three times a week, whatever that number is. And so like have less focus on the skill and like the actual workout part and have more focus on like engaging with this person and making them come. Cause like it is the, if you want to learn how skills you're going to navigate towards that on your own, like it's just the way that this is going to go but it is hard for people to come to the gym. And so that has to be where we start, like provide a place and to where the people want to come. Mm. And so like our, how we view programming, how we talk to our coaches and how we want everything to go fun, safe, effective. It's gotta be fun. Like if you're not having fun, you'll stop coming. And like, regardless of what goal you have, if you stay consistent for long enough, like you will hit it. I've seen it in, in everything like physicality wise. Uh, next is safe because like if, uh, if you get hurt and you have to take time off or whatever, one, it like may change your mind on like the whole exercise part of it. Uh, but regardless, you're going to take time off, you're going to degrade and you have to build back from that. And so like, we don't want people to get injured. And then lastly, effective. Uh, most things are effective. Like, and so if you'll stay consistent and you'll stay injury free, like the efficient part, that, that's pretty easy. That's going to so, come like, that's naturally. The, yeah. That's the part like, it's so much and I've went for the same thing and like as a beginner in anything, you feel like you need, you don't have expertise, but you have to show it. And like, that's why you, your ego is like, you know that you have an empty vessel and so you try to bolster it. Uh, and you want to talk about the finer intricacies of this movement and the people in your class are wondering what they're going to have for dinner. Like, they don't care. Uh, and that helps from like getting involved and starting to talk to members and like, why do you come to the gym? It's like, oh, I just, I need to sweat three times a week, my doctor said, and then I'm healthy. It's like, oh, you don't care about competing in like CrossFit or whatever? And they're like, no. It's like, oh, okay. You have enough of those and you start to like put together a picture. And so it's like, that's a big part in getting them to learn that way. The actual community part is very, uh, it's actually quite simple and it takes care of itself. Uh, We used to have the easy entry process. You call us, I'll throw you into a class, whatever you get started. Um, We want we the amount that is charged at the gym to like become a member is because you're getting access to our coaching um so i need you to like want that you need to want coaching you need to understand the value of coaching 
And so we don't have this in place to teach that lesson, but the, the, the personal training in the beginning of like everyone that starts the gym has to go through this personal training is basically the only uh, gate that we need as far as our community. A lot of people come in, they're like, no, I'm a really good athlete. I don't need to do this. They probably weren't going to have a very good like, attitude in the class. They were going to be in there more to like show off instead of be a part of the community. And so find friends, maybe. Yeah. And so they won't join. And so then we don't ever have that problem. And mm -hmm. so what we do then instead have is a bunch of people coming in and joining who want coaching, mm -hmm. who understand like what it is that we're offering. And then they come in and they integrate very well with the community. Uh, and we only, you learn that through experience. Like you think in the beginning you want the people who like are ready to hard charge exercise and stuff. And if you build an entire community of that, like that's one thing. It's just very hard to do. Um, and it doesn't usually like co-inspire with the other group. We, uh, as part of our mentorship, they do a study. There's this programming level or programming thing. So programming is like the, the exercise plan that a gym follows. Um, it's called level method. And so they've taken exercises, the different movements and different weight schemes that you might see in like CrossFit or functional fitness. And they've put like belts around it, basically like you would see in jujitsu. Um, there's different colors. And uh, if you can, you can clean 275 and do five muscle ups and do this other thing where then you're, a, I don't know the colors and the actual parameters, but you're, you're an orange belt basically. Um, well, what's really cool about that is the gyms that use it. It's over a thousand gyms in the United States. They, all that data goes back to them and they get to see how many people across the nation are in what level of fitness. And so these are CrossFit gyms but you're still getting to see a peek inside and see what kind of people are actually in the CrossFit gym. 80% of them were in the yellow stage, which is the second stage. So they were a beginner. They could barely do past the rudimentary movements. And that is 80% of the people in the gyms. And so that's another wake up call of like, Oh, who am, who am I training? I'm not training someone to do a power snatch. I'm training them so they can pick up their groceries or pick up their grandkids and pick up like whatever it is and walk around. That's what the people are coming to me for. And once you learn that, and that's the conversations you have with people, Oh, it's game changer. Like uh, the most conversations start with me. And I've, if you paid attention to my like social media, you've noticed a big change. Uh, I used to post me working out and doing different stuff. And then the conversations I would have from older adults is like, Oh, I, I see the stuff you do. It's awesome. I can't come into your gym and do that. And it's like, well, shit, I'm, I'm doing a thing and I'm showing this whole other idea. And so like I had to kind of change up some of that stuff. And then you just have the conversation when they say that it's like, Oh no, no, you just, I'm sorry. You don't understand what we're doing. Like, if you ever want to learn, come see us. Like, here's the three people that are exactly like you and that already come to our gym, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it just helps, like, have those conversations. Instead of me trying to convince you that you really do want to come learn how to do a handstand push-up. And they're like, oh, I absolutely do not. I, I, I see it exactly. I see what you're saying. It's uh, you're not trying to pull people to where you're at. Yep. You are meeting people where they're at and, and, and start from there. Yeah. Build it and they will come. And that's like a, how that sounds is different than like what it actually looks like in like practice. Like you do have to, like you have to build a thing and have a direction. And like, then you just have to pump that word out as much as you can. Uh, like if you're a hard charging athlete and you want to come work out with us, like there's a place and like you'll fit in. You just also have to understand the value of the coaching part of it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Logan goes to the 6 a.m. And like that is our competitive class. Like there's, five to seven dudes in there in the morning that are trying to rip each other's heads off. Like that's it. And like, it works like that's their, they, they found their thing and it, they, they integrate perfectly with the rest of the folks though. Cause like everyone knows what we're like, what we're doing. It's neat.
and and it's those levels you right like uh it's it's meeting like they they've they've been through the through the say the beginning phases and now now it's not just hey i'm trying to get healthy hey yeah. i'm not trying to i'm i'm trying to learn how to do these things now it's now that's where the fun aspect comes into play now it's like they're having fun working out mm-hmm. um in in a different level it's the habit thing like in the beginning we have to learn the habit of going to the gym and like people will confuse that i need to go learn how to do it no 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 all you need to show up like set up set up your life and your schedule to where three hours out of the week you walk into the gym and then like preferably go do it in a place where they have group classes because if you're just going to do your own thing like you don't know what you're doing and you're not going to see any results so like here are three hours that I have open and I'm going to the gym and forget everything else. Like for the first, however long it needs to be, that's your only focus. Clear every obstacle that messes with this one hour time frame, And eventually you'll have less obstacles. Break and then, it down into steps. Yep. And then from that point, like you get to now, like once you're bored and you can like look around a little bit, cool, let's add something. And like now add a fourth day, add a complexity item, add weight, like whatever it is, like, uh, it's it's so easy to put the cart before the horse. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It 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 honestly it makes I I I love the vision. I uh, I I love what you're doing because I think it resonates with people. Um, it's not it's 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 you. Not only are you meeting them, but you're getting to know them. You're getting to understand them at a very personal level. Um, where, where do you plan on, on taking this to, do you plan mm-hmm. on, on opening more, what, what, what's your vision sure, for sure, sure. Descent uh, Athletics? Yeah, right now it's still like, we're still very much though in the like figuring out how this thing works. Uh, we've learned some stuff and it, it, it operates, but right now it's still, yeah, we got a lot to do on the one before we ever even think of like multiple. Uh, I don't... I don't fully know like the answer to that one. Um, I know from like our mentorship practice and like the goals that we have set, there's a way that we build the gym to provide enough for us. Uh, and like my whole focus after that has always been like, I would be perfectly content with keeping like the one gym we have growing it up past the point that we have it right now. Uh, and then using like using funding to get uh, real estate. Like that's the, that's kind of the the career path, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Own uh, buildings, own homes, own different things like that. And the gym is kind of the, the financial vehicle to be able to go do that stuff. I love um, it. With how hard like one gym is, I don't, yeah, I don't right now see myself ever having more. But at the same time, like I'll I'll have ideas. Like I I do think it's a cool maybe later in life like. 45 or 50 or whatever instead of retiring uh or even helping maybe other yeah future. just having like a small like i would like to have an even smaller community-based type gym uh more people like, focused more people focused more like having a very very niched like thing like hey 40 people are a part of this deal like that's it and then kind of have a a very like putting way more rules and parameters around stuff. Like here's the workouts we're doing. Here's the direction we're going, like have a bunch of people do it. And I, I just think that would be like a neat thing. Um, and so that may never happen, but like, that's the, that's the, would be a, a cool thing later in life. But yeah, just right now, use the gym, buy, Keep learning. buy real estate and 
keep going. I, I like that. So if if there's somebody out there that that aspires maybe to become a a personal trainer or um, maybe even a a future gym owner, but let's let's start with a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? Yeah. So uh, one under like it's such a low barrier of entry. Like if you want to do it, you should go do it. Like it costs a depending upon what direction you want to go, a couple hundred bucks to a thousand dollars to go get like a certificate to be able to go coach somewhere. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, the biggest, like if you're going to go do it, the biggest piece of advice I have is like, you know, for the longest amount of time, you'll have like no clients. Uh, it's very, fr- like you expect your like friends and family and different stuff to be like some of the first people to sign up or whatever. And like, they probably won't because like exercise is not something that's like, it's not mainstream enough. Like it's not a fun enough thing for people to go do. Uh, and so if you were selling fat loss pills, like you'd hit up a lot more people quickly, but this, like this route, it's a lonely road for a long time. It's like, I think that's the big, like, don't give up. Like know that you want to do it and then don't give up. Uh, if I could do it again, I would probably... I would have waited a little while, I think, on buying a gym. Like, I I do think that, uh, like, I skipped some of the coaching that I wish I could have gotten, um, and I had to go out and learn, like, a bunch of the lessons, like, the way harder way. Uh, and so, like, that would be, don't, like, yeah, find a place and expect not to make very much money in the beginning. Mm, yeah. uh, really past that, like, it, most people don't make it. Like, it, it's tough. And so, if you'll, I really, like, the, Personal trainers who are successful is the people who just like they walked the lonely road for the longer amount of time. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that is true in being a personal trainer, and I think that is true in anything pretty much else that is challenging. Yeah, and then like, this is a big one for everybody: you're not going to train athletes. Mm. That's what everybody wants to do. No one wants to work with like the like the mother of two, right? Like that's not a fun thing athletes especially like if they get paid like if they're a professional athlete you're not a good enough coach so like yeah it's just like why how would you like pick that person up you're not ever going to be able to like access them uh and then the friend that you know that like thinks they're an athlete won't pay for your service uh and so that's the expect not to make much money don't do it on your own all from the beginning and like know that most people joining gyms are beginners. Like that should be your bread and butter. Like you should know how to take people from the couch to working out. Like, how do I get you to start this? How do I get you to start this? Uh. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. Um, so I, we didn't really touch base on this, but, uh, congratulations on oh, being a new dad. Thank you. And, uh, I, I, I think you guys are, I, I feel, I don't even think I, I feel that what you guys is is what what you guys are doing is so impactful um and even, I, I don't even think we know much of that yet sure because uh because you guys are touching and changing lives essentially um the way not not just because you're a gym owner but it's how how you're managing your gym, the vision you have, which is getting people to live a better life, yeah. essentially. Um, and we all know that doesn't happen overnight. 
Um, and, and that's the path that you guys are on. I, I support it. I love it. I, I believe in it. Thanks. And, um, and, and I, I wish you guys nothing but success and, um, and I can't wait to see what you guys continue doing. Well, thank you. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I am excited. Like the, there was a few years where like the future seemed like a pretty bad place, but now like. And it's cool. Like, I think we got a lot of stuff coming. Um, <clears throat> having a kid, like, that's a whole new awesome thing. Uh, this is a weird one, but I think, like, I don't know. It may be a little bit different in your realm. But what I'm, like, the most excited about is uh, most most people, adults, are, like, the most of themselves at work, right? Like, that's the that's where they shine. Like, that's the, the area that you're supposed to be the most and most kids don't ever get to see that mm. where like with our line of work uh our kid will like she's going to get to watch us in our work environment and so like i'm i don't i don't I'm, i don't know if i have like the right words to say about that but how like i'm just very excited like about that part of it uh and it especially it being a style of work that like there's a lot of passion involved and like there is the service attitude of it um and so, yeah, I think it'll be cool. Uh, Logan and I were, were basically had the same conversation about, you know, uh, introducing her to our, our daughter to, you know, to what we do and, and, and keep her involved in the activities and, you know, uh, especially maintaining life uh, wellness, really, which I, I truly believe that it's it's very hard to do it if you don't feel good. For sure. Like if you don't feel good, it's it's it just snowballs into other things such as nowadays, you know, mental health. But for someone like this, I've from talking to you, I know that there's been a part where you didn't feel good. Yeah. And then you started to feel good. And like that I I truly think that most people don't know that they feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like you had like you hit a point and you had to start making like changes to get to like to where bottom. you are now and like that is like you don't know that you feel bad until you understand what feeling good is and like mm-hmm. if i promise that if you're not exercising and eating like real foods you do not know what feeling good is because i was the same person like and i do it multiple like i'll do it throughout the year of not like exercise but like my diet will like start to slacken and it doesn't get real bad but as soon as i start tightening it up like i feel that difference i'm like oh wow i feel good but yeah. the feeling bad it just happens like you just fall into that and like it normalizes and normalizes and normalizes yes, uh, yes. So that's a big one what uh i think that's very impressive uh about you two uh dang i had something with this um i just wanted to say y'all were impressive that was all uh <laughs> well, no, y'all have a like just a passion like a desire like you got and you do a bunch of stuff and like you do take care of yourselves but you're also like talking about investments like not gonna air y'all stuff but like the different things that y'all have in operation like y'all y'all run businesses that i didn't even know were a thing like the way that you utilize just the different items that y'all it's awesome like I, i love it and it's so cool to see and for her to grow up in that environment and to see like what like what mom and dad do and it's the same like she'll understand that perspective and she'll she'll know the 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 waves of doing it but she's gonna have to go out to college or go do different things and watch people 
get off work and just go sit on the couch and do nothing. And she's like, well, mom and dad didn't do that. Like mm-hmm. we got off work and we went and did this and they were doing podcasts and they were doing this thing and this thing. And like, it, it'll start to understand, like she'll start to be able to understand why, like, you know what I mean? Like yes. why, yes. why she's maybe advanced or like whatever it is. Like it, it's, it, it's cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, we, nobody, nobody is successful alone. Alone. Like it, you know, even regardless of how you got there, I mean, you need people, you, you need people. So, uh, and, and the idea is people helping people. And if, if we all help each other, I think it all, it all kind of snowballs really nicely. But actually what I was going to get with a, with a, with a, with a baby thing, it's, I was going to mention like, again, one of the other things you guys are doing, which is starting a mom, uh, a mama kid uh, class right yep, with, yep, yep, with yep. your children and I think again it speaks to the vision it speaks to your values of of you know of bringing people in and giving options mm-hmm. now you know you guys are opening a class where it gives moms who cannot maybe don't have the ability to put their kid or have their kid in daycare or have somebody watch their children it's like hey it's this is this is mom and, and yep. kids time. Let's come. We're all moms with children. Everybody's welcome, and we're all going to work work out together and um, and and continue fueling that that vision of of promoting wellness and overall uh, a better life, a better lifestyle. Because if you're if if you can feel better, it'll snowball to everybody else around you. Yep. Um, so removing, yeah, it's removing obstacles, removing like, obstacles. Have you, yeah, it's hard to work out without your kid, bring your kid. Uh, and you're a mom with a kid. You don't really feel comfortable working out around guys, but Hey, that's awesome. It's only women. Like it's built for that. Like, and it's all, it's all based around that, uh, that vision. And yeah, yeah. It's, it is, it's at the end of the day, it's removing, remove obstacles. Like what are the, what are the options that prevent people from like being able to exercise and like Go and, move that thing. And that, like, aside from all the vocabulary or all the words that maybe be said, those actions, it's actually what scream the loudest. Sure. It's this is what you guys are doing. This this is this is this is our vision and this is why. And you know, somebody can say something, but their actions are, you know, maybe they just they don't even show up to the gym. They just collect paychecks. Sure. You know, maybe they're not around. They don't know they're they're the the mem- the names of the members of the gym you know well yeah like i mean you look at there's a la fitness like two miles from our gym and i've never talked to them or got in there but i bet that they have probably like i think some most of the averages for a place like that they have like ten thousand members and of those 90 go through the gym every day and like there's no way that they even know the names of those 90 like it is like and yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's a it's weird. I I, I agree. And um, so I uh, have one last question for yeah. you. And uh, unless you want to say anything else, no. no? Uh, what is your personal definition of happiness? Personal definition of happiness. Uh, so this the book that I referenced earlier, um, the Happiness Hypothesis. That was uh, like there was a reason I read that book in the time that like that was when the lockdown happened and when like I had no view of like what I didn't know what like happiness was anymore. Like it, it was gone and I didn't know, didn't know what to do. And so I read that book and it, it's a fantastic book for anyone to read the happiness hypothesis. And they look at, it's like 10 different 
ideas of success. Uh, and basically at the end of the day, what they found was like, to be happy, uh, you need to, you need to mix your like passion and work. And if we can have like, they don't have to be mixed, but if you can have a passion and have work, then you're good. Like that is what humans act like we need. Uh, and so I've, I'm constantly trying to get those two things closer together. Um, and if I can continue to make work and passion closer and closer together, then like happiness just tends to kind of take place from that. Uh, and so with that, like I start, you just have to view what are, what are the things that I don't enjoy and how do I make myself enjoy them? Uh, and so like, I, I love exercise. Like there's nothing more that I would rather do. Like I joke about if I had the choice between sitting down and like, Hey, for the next hour you have to like do emails or whatever it is, or you can just go run for an hour. Like, I think most people would rather just, oh, just give me the emails. Like, I'll chip through that. I'll run for two hours. Like, whatever it is. Like, I don't want to sit down and do that computer work. Uh, so I program it. And, like, the way that I view it, like, I do exercise, I lay it out for weeks at a time and, like, view it. And so I've taken work and put it that way. And so I'll do a week at a time and, like, I break it up. In CrossFit, whenever it comes down to working out, there's, like, strength training, there's gymnastics, and there's cardio. And so I have training, I have computer work, and then I have like projects. And so I view it in this way and I create time slots where creative work happens. This is where personal training happens. This is where admin work happens. And, and they all feed off each other. And in doing it in this way, like one, I start to learn after lunch, I can't do anything creative. Like I, I don't have the same mental juices flowing anymore. So creative work has to happen like first thing in the day. I can't train someone and then go do creative work. Creative work has to take first. And like, so you start to, okay. The reason I used to struggle with doing creative stuff is because I didn't have like a slot for it. And so now it's made it more fun because like I get to do it in the time that I want to. Uh, mm. And you watch like I just set up time slots instead of I, instead of saying I need to write three blogs. Two hours a week, I write blogs. Uh, and so it took the pressure off of like making something and like maybe it being subpar so I could get done with the work faster. It's like now for two hours, I'm working on this. So I may only get one done, but it'll be really good. Uh and I'm getting to watch my abilities and these things grow. And so like I, I, it's easier for me to sit down at the computer. I'm able to get a little bit more done in the hour. And so like, I didn't know I'm getting far off from like what, what is happiness, but there are certain aspects of life that you have to do. And what do you do to make them like more fun? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's I love uh, that like, I, uh, yeah, I, I hate doing the dishes. And so I try to set it up to where like it's an enjoyable thing like i what i have youtube i got my headphones I, I try to get everything to where like this thing that i do not enjoy doing like make it fun like i don't mm. like to grind the less grinding i do the more happy i am um and so i try to go that way and then i'm sure that y'all realize this uh all uh, your whole thing everything changes once you have the kid too like i'm the type of guy that i can go bury myself day in and day out of work but have no like emotional ability left. Like not to, I can't, I can't carry a conversation with Kelsey or anybody, but that's not fair to like my kid. Like I don't get to go burn it down and then like not be as good. And like, obviously we've already, I've already flirted with a line and like when she cries, you feel more stress and like all these things start to happen. And so it's like, 
lights start going off my head at this point. It's like, okay, something's not sustainable. Like, what are the changes that we need to like be made? Mm -hmm. And in continuing to do that, like I, I do get happier and happier. One of the biggest things though, like I, I have put a huge emphasis in the last couple of years on relationships, like having good ones. Like I don't, I, through the gym, I, I get no less than a hundred text messages a day from different people, but I've done a very good job of like, I know who of these people are contacting me because they're business acquaintances and we make each other money. Uh, these people come to the gym and view me as their coach and I need to re I need to act in that way. Um, and then these people are my friends and like the people that I like, genuinely care for. And you gotta be very careful in not mixing these buckets up because if I'm coaching you, but I also get this weird idea that like, I need friendship from you as well. We're going to, at some point things are going to get crossed here. Uh, and it like, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. like I, it, that to me is one of the, I sitting in this room, like y'all were the first people in a very long time that I broke my rule on. Uh, I wanted to be friends with y'all. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, uh, I like, was the like a year and a half ago now i think that we went through axes together oh yes and that was a huge thing for me uh like i, I uh, it was a very a very conflicting period of time uh mm. but yeah i mean it all worked out that's 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 awesome well i i i am very inspired by by like your whole story and um i your definition of happiness i 100% love it because I think that is the thing in life. It's like earth or like life. It's like, like an art and you just get to paint on it. And that's literally like, and, and that ultimately is happiness. Right. And that's literally what you just said. It's work and passion and figuring out how to in, intermingle those two. And like, yes, I, if, if more, I, I feel, I feel like if more people understood that, um, there would be maybe less pain. No, for sure. Because uh, it also sets a, a goal, a target, uh, something uh, almost like a like a path, like a map, like a like a path. And if, I think it helps you be like at least for me, it helps me be less like materialistic. Like mm -hmm. I think that's where you see that come into play is like, yeah, we fill the void with shiny objects and like, uh, yeah, that like, there's nothing wrong with having things or liking things and wanting like going out and buying them, but like. At no point in happiness is there like a vehicle or a home or a thing like that. Like it is, it's the like it's it all be, the other. It ones. will be for a week until that thing is not shiny anymore, yeah. and then you're gonna want the whole want the next shiny thing, yeah. and then you're gonna want the next shiny thing. Uh, yeah, um, and, and then that's just yeah. But then like that's just I mean that's the human condition. Like I have a my phone's paid for by like the gym and. I needed a new one the other day, so I went and got, like, the newest one, and, like, we use it. Like, I capture content on it. Like, it is a work thing. Like, I don't play on it all that much. But I go to these, like, train these high school and junior high kids or whatever, and I pull it out to look at the workout. And the amount of kids, they're like, is that the iPhone 14 Pro Max? And it's like, I don't even know what this is. Like, uh, <laughs> It just or, has a camera and it works. Yeah, they're, like, they're just obsessed with the, the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we go out and like I I drive a Toyota Camry that to me means like nothing and they're just like oh like it's a Camry and like they just and it's like God like at the young like at the youngest ages that's what we're pulled to uh that's just like that's what like the social media I feel we like want it's, things uh, yeah, sorry. And, uh yeah but no but it is it's the social media it's the like 
all this different stuff. I'm getting way off on our last question. I'm a tangent person, but it like, yeah, you no, see it, the traps it's, this and, is all great conversations because I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think it's that, uh, that's why I loved your, your definition of happiness because a lot of, a lot of, and I'm, I'm going to focus on like the younger generation because they don't know any better and it's our job to guide them. Yep. How would they know yep. if, how, how would they know? Yep. And so if, if, if our job as, as leaders, it's to help them figure out how to pursue their passion, everything else will kind of fall into its place. But if you don't pursue like what you you're drawn to, whether it is singing, like we mentioned at the very beginning, look, this is coming in full circle, uh, whether it's, you know, playing instruments, whether it's uh, fixing vehicles yeah. uh, or whatever that is, it's 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 pursuing that. And then now the challenges become more like a game, become become fun. And as as you start figuring out how to combine that that work and the passion and continue on and um, and what better than, you know, when you are at service to other people, improving people's lives and yeah it, it's it came a full circle i love it cool that's probably good then thank you jonathan hey. for being here thank i you, really Lara. appreciate it it was great keep rocking and rolling and we're 100 percent behind everything that that you guys are doing i love it i it's helping the community it's helping uh everyone and helping the community it it waters down to helping the world and in turn we'll be 100 hopefully we'll when we're not here, you know, people hopefully are still uh, continuing those principles that maybe sure. we leave behind. Oh, 100%. And I want to say the same for y'all. Like, it, uh, maybe very much in, like, the, the still the early stages, but, like, this is just as important. Like, getting actual conversations out, like, um, and of the – maybe not the people that you see on TV, but the people that like you see walking in the grocery store and like the person that lives down the road. And like, we both know Julie uh, and Julieta Rodriguez who was on here. And like, she's just a, just another single mom if you don't know any better. But if you'll stop like pulling back some of the layers and just like the robustness of that person and like what a message like that can go out and like do for other people. And so like, I feel just the same towards y'all with like this thing. I think it, I know it's a ton of work. I know that like, you'll do a lot towards this, but it is like, it's great. And like, these are one of the, these are the things that you do. You have to do a lot of work in the shadows if you want to do like any, like make any sort of dent. And so like, it doesn't have to be about making the dent. Like, I think it's more about the work and like, it's cool. I see that in y'all and it's fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. And uh, maybe we'll, yeah. we'll touch up again next time. Till next time. All righty. Thanks everyone. See you next time.